everyone. Welcome to the Season Gaming Bitcast, episode 182. I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, and today we're going to be talking about a lot of things. Game Awards, Activision. We've got PlayStation, and we're talking about Spartacus, so you better be prepared. All right. As always, joined by my partners in crime. On my bottom left here, Mr. Stan Keeley himself. Rocking the Craig. Uh, perfect time for the Craig shirt as well. I like it, sir. How you doing, brother? That's right, man. It's in the rotation. That's how it goes. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. I had a week off. Feel yeah, fresh. yeah, that's right. I forgot you weren't here last week. Yeah, so welcome yeah, back. Well, great. That's awesome. I'm glad I, <laughs> I made such a strong impression. Oh, yeah, he was gone. Oh, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> Dan's, Dan's here again. Oh, yeah. There he is. All right, all right. All right. Now, let's do it. <clears throat> as always, uh, my... Well-dressed partner in crime, rocking a leather coat this morning, in addition to the tie, Mr. Tie Guy Travis himself. McClunky, how are you doing, Ains? I am uh, feeling good, hot off of uh, of completing the Halo Infinite multiplayer wiki and uh, awarding IGN's lowest revo- review score of the year. So, you know, it's been a it's been a week for me, man. I'm just ready to play some Halo next week uh, when the campaign drops. So I was going to suggest that next week's show, we just live stream Nerf Legends. Is that good? <laughs> oh, that would be that would be physically impossible. Most likely would be uh, my guess on that one. <laughs> And joining us for the first time, friend of the show uh, and host of Project X Talk and Xbox Weekly Podcast is Mr. Kevin Ainsworth. You know him as the Muffin Mon. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Again, thank you so much for uh, the invite, Ains. And uh, Travis, uh, the chat says you look dapper, and I, I agree. You look <laughs> phenomenal. I, you know, maybe, maybe my show needs to step it up. We're, uh, we're lacking in the, in the quality uh, attire. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's what I'm known for. You got to go hard with these kids out here. Teach them, give them something to you know aspire to. That's my goal. So that's what I always say. <laughs> <laughs> Chat, good to see you this morning. Well, like I said, guys, we've got uh, we've got some good topics today. Uh, we've got uh, like we said, we got to introduce top- our uh, our guest though. You know what? Hmm? We got to introduce our guest. I don't I don't know where you're going with this. Or get Kevin, the Muffin Man. The I muffin just mom. introduced him. Give him more of a proper introduction. I mean, <laughs> we've got to, we've got to, we've got to really intro this guy, man. You've thrown me completely. <laughs> you've thrown me completely <laughs> off now. My my first thought is he wants you to sing the "Do You Know the Muffin Man?" Song. Yes, man. Okay. I'm, well, that- come on. If you want to sing the song, you are free to do so, my friend. Go I want da- I want Dan to sing the song. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. It's been a great, <laughs> great show today. All right. Uh, Ten o'clock. Halo talk. Oh, man. All right. Man. So, anyway, we're going to be talking uh, about PlayStation's new uh, subscription service that they're apparently going to launch in spring with a scoop from Bloomberg. Uh, we're going to be talking, like I said, about uh, Battlefield, New Direction, Activision, some layoffs that occurred that we'll touch on, uh, as well as some updates to Halo Infinite as well. So before we do to that, the, before we do to that, before we get to that, why don't we talk about what we've been currently playing? We're killing I'm it gonna, this morning. I know. The... <laughs> wide awake. Wide awake. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Kev, I'll start with you, man. So, uh, what you been up to lately? Anything good? What you been? Uh, what you been playing? 
been grinding Halo Infinite, I think, as as most human beings in the, in the gaming verse at the moment. Uh, I have one weekly challenge left, which is get three kills with a pulse carbine. And if you've seen my Twitter, you know that uh, this is the most useless weapon in the game, in my opinion. I literally cannot kill a single human being with this gun. I don't under any other weapon. Give I had one that was like get 20 kills with a mangler. I got that in like two matches. I was like, <laughs> this is so much easier. I don't understand why I am useless with the pulse carbine. Um so you've got a you've got a guy who did the wiki here, and I I could comment as well. But yeah. Travis, why don't you give uh our Help man me here out. some tips with the plasma carbine, man? Yeah, the plasma carbine, uh, like a lot of weapons in Halo Infinite, uh, can be good, but it's extremely situational. Yes. Um, the main the main problem with the pulse carbine is that it's really useless at uh, close range, uh, oh. sort of sort of useful at medium range, and really useful at far range because the tracking on it gets better the farther you shoot at somebody. So if you're if you're like aiming down hallways on Aquarius or on streets, you know the the uh, the B zone. And control that that sort of like big open hallway yeah. spaces mm-hmm. like that are really good for the pulse carbine because you fire at them and they think like all right well i'll just sidestep this and then it just like turns toward them at the end the farther they are away the better the tracking is and so you can tear through their shield pretty easily it's sort of like the disruptor pistol like getting through the shield mm-hmm. is the easy part it's actually it's actually getting like the final burst uh, on them to get the kill because plasma weapons do so little damage to health um but yeah it's it's a weapon you could totally be competitive with it's just a little more situational than other guns kind of like the ravager like you know the ravager can be a completely useless weapon depending on on the mode but if you're playing like control or something like it's really uh good because you can just paint the ground with it and like uh do some serious damage so yeah i I wrote the guide for all the the weapons uh in the game so i'm like i'm like when people say that gun's useless i'm like no 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 you're just not using it right like here let me tell you it again so david ellis on uh he also said something he's one of the halo designers and he said something that i didn't know initially with the pulse it's pulse carbine as i said plasma carbine earlier pulse 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 carbine carbine. is that to to travis's point it tracks enemies but it followed the the um the bullets follow the reticle so literally as you're shooting at someone just keep moving your reticle to follow the person trying to sidestep it and they'll curve and hit them mm, yep um this so is, it, it can be yeah. very dangerous yeah yeah Useful. and the track the track get that kill yeah the tracking <laughs> the tracking gets better at farther range because it has more yeah. time to like turn it so yeah it can you can really surprise people with it i've been killed with it sometimes and i'm like damn how did he get me like this guy this guy knew his uh his tracking well so <laughs> Wish, I wish I had known that beforehand because I literally thought it was a close-up weapon. So I've been getting no. in. I was like, this thing oh, does no, no damage. No. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really bad up close. I feel like people use a lot of weapons. Like, you ever fight somebody who has a Ravager and they're just, like, doing the three burst at you? And you're like, dude, you're mm-hmm. never going to kill me with yeah. that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. ever. Like, you can do that, like, 40 times and I'll still be standing. And they're like, why am I not killing this guy? It's like, because you're not using the weapon right. Elu sure. says this is Travis's Travis on the other side of the writing the guides. His pain and exhaustion is our gain. Thank you for yeah. your service. Yeah, <laughs> man. I've spent I've I've spent probably 80% of my Halo Infinite playtime by myself in custom games. Like I I I know like how much how many shots it takes with any weapon to kill any vehicle in the game, like stuff like that. Like stuff you just shouldn't know about the game. It's kind of disgusting. So well, thank you for helping me out. Yeah, Welcome, and be prepared, man. Kev, because after you finish that, you get the weekly ultimate, and the weekly ultimate is to win 17 games. Oh, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. All right. 
So I have actually haven't had time to uh, to play too much of Halo Infinite, so I think I still have like six or seven bounties yet left, and then the the weekly one. But I'm hoping to do that before uh, before Tuesday reset. Tuesday, so. yeah. All right. What else you guys been up to, man? Anything good? Nerf Legends multiplayer? Mm-hmm. You 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 hitting that ranked Nerf Legends hard? Yeah, if it were possible. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for those who don't know, I gave uh, a game a two out of ten. Uh, this past week, which is the lowest score I've ever given. And it's also IGN's lowest score for the year. Um, a one at IGN is unbearable. That's the, the word. And unbearable basically is reserved for games that do not function. Nerf Legends is pretty close. Uh, <laughs> exactly half of the game does not function. The multiplayer, which you cannot play in any on any platform, uh, or in any way, the, the the multiplayer just does not function. You cannot cannot get into a match, um, and the campaign is barely functional. You can get through it, but it is uh, like the the game itself is the main obstacle you're fighting, rather than any of the enemies or puzzles in the game, because it crashes on you and uh, screams beeping noises at you every single time you pick up a health item, and just is generally like a a, a, a painful experience to get through. So. Um, I think my tagline for that review was that uh, Nerf Legends is a painful, barely functional game that you shouldn't even consider playing as a joke. And the reason I, I chose that phrasing is because when people see a 2 out of 10, it's kind of like uh, you ever have a friend who smells something really bad and his first instinct is to get all of his friends to try to smell it, you know? <laughs> it's like, oh, dude, smell this, you know? <laughs> uh, I, I'm trying to avoid that because I, I genuinely think people should not spend a full $60. It's a $60 game uh, on something oh, that, that actually that actually doesn't work at all. So, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm uh, a little worried that there's going to be a lot of moms and aunts and uncles out there who's, uh, whose kids will yep. no longer be speaking to them because they uh they purchased this game for the holidays and uh um usually actually ign does not review games that score the score this low because we try to focus on games we think people will actually care about um but this one because it's a nerf game we figured that again it's gonna have like mass market appeal to the people who don't know anything about games and don't know that this is a terrible game uh and then also um the publisher reached out to us to offer a review code and we said okay yeah we'll review the game and then the the game came out and we were like is so were we ever going to get that review code and then a couple more days passed and then they were like hey the developer is actually not giving us review codes the pr agency told us that and they were just like we don't have any to give out like they've been sort of like mia and then we were like okay well that's weird that you would offer review code and then not give one out and my thinking was that they were just sort of like saying, don't review us yet. We'll give you codes. And then just kind of saw how long they could delay mm-hmm. the game from the game coming out. Or I don't, I don't mean, I don't want to cast any, any kind of like a, uh, uh, you know, blame on anybody or anything like that, but it was just a, sort of a shady scenario where we were like, we should review it just to kind of see <laughs> like what's going on here. And then after playing the game, we were like, Oh yeah, well, if I were the developer, I wouldn't give out any codes either. Like, wow, this is, this is crazy. So, um, yeah, really, really bizarre situation. Um, your so review, you should not your play review that game. was the funniest thing I read all week. Thank you, man. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I, I read it. I was uh, just cracking up because you had been telling me about <laughs> it, and I was like, "Oh my god!" 
Yeah, it so, was very cathartic. It was very cathartic. I will say, I did say one thing on the show that I should retract, which is you do use Nerf guns in the game. I said <laughs> that you didn't uh, initially, and you actually do use Nerf guns, but in the trailers and, and the gameplay I'd seen beforehand, you can't really tell, but in the actual game, you do use Nerf guns, um, which feels terrible, unfortunately. But <laughs> it, it, actually, it actually makes me sad because I feel like a Nerf game could be really good if you did it right. Like if you got yeah. like kind of a a tongue-in-cheek kind of vibe and you made it like really over the top and stupid and stuff like that and for some reason they just went for like like a serious story kind of like I, I don't really even know if it has much of a story it's basically like you're fighting five dudes but the tone is like completely wrong it's like such a such a uh, an off color game so um yeah it's very unfortunate the e says any nerf or nothing choose nothing jokes uh in my original draft, but none of them made it to the uh, final review. They had to tone. They had to tone down my review. I I, I say that the game made me want to kill myself in the review. Oh as one of the God. like, and that's like a throwaway <laughs> joke. Like, like yeah, uh, you don't want to put that out there. Yeah, I got away. No, I, that one actually made it in. So if you can imagine <laughs> the stuff that got yeah, cut, yeah. I don't remember reading uh, that. It, it, I, it's very. It's a very subtle joke. I say uh, that in order to solve one of the glitches, you have to make your character kill yourself, kill themselves. And I was like, but that's not the only way Nerf Legends made me want to end it all. So oh. it's like a very, a very like uh, kind of roundabout way of saying the game made me want to kill myself in the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Um, a lot of some stuff did get, get the, the nerf or nothing. And if you go to the comment section on YouTube or an IGN, everybody else made that joke for me. So there you go. <laughs> it's it's funny because I uh, I requested a review code for that game and they were like, there codes are yeah, codes aren't coming. Like, we'll let you know when they're available. And then I just never heard back from anything. And then I read your review and I was like, I'm okay with not getting a code <laughs> for this one. Yeah, I, I honestly think that they just sort of were like, holding the line like all right guys we'll give you codes and then kind of just like seeing how long they could put up that excuse and i actually ended up having to buy the game with my own money and then reimbursing it to the company um because they were just like just buy the game like i don't think these guys are being real with us i don't think they're ever going to give us a code and they haven't they haven't given anybody codes and apparently it's because the pr agency doesn't have any to give out (laughs) because the developers straight up just uh not not giving them out which yeah playing the game you uh, my review is actually one of the only reviews online of that game which uh i guess that explains why yes Nobody we are not codes, reviewing so. it just to be clear nobody you don't want to spend 60 bucks man come on man. <laughs> no. let's do that get it out there <laughs> what kind of a <laughs> what, <laughs> what kind of a it, it, it's kind of a hilarious talking point on the industry today when you think that nerf legends right is 60 dollars plus tax and yeah. halo infinite is free to play and playable via game pass yeah and i feel like, like how games does are getting, that happen <laughs> yeah games are getting like more aware of how much they should cost too like uh you know canna bridge of spirits was like a 40 dollars game and stuff yeah. like that it's just and highly it's rated. crazy yeah and highly rated and, and it's just crazy that, that somebody could be so off the mark i mean it's it's made by a developer called the game mill and i think hasbro like was involved with because it's their it's their property so i think the game mill also made the gi joe game that got terrible reviews if i remember and the and the racing game uh they they published nick all-star brawl um from ludosity that's right that's right i saw that i actually stand that game i love i love that game (laughs) nice yeah i mean i i kind of it could have been bad, but in a good way, like EDF or something like that, you know, but it wasn't, it didn't even get that far. It just didn't function. So it's unfortunate. <laughs> Dan, let me get, let me hit these super chats real quick. Yeah, man. Tao got us like right out Tal of the gate us. here. Yeah. $10 super chat. Thank you, sir. 
Hello, Jens. Dan still waiting on boyfriend dungeon stream. Yeah, <laughs> Travis, keep up the good fight. And Ains, because we're family tagging with the fast gifts again. No, please don't. Nice. We got off of my favorite commenter here. He's like <laughs> always telling Dan to play boyfriend dungeon, which I absolutely stand. He's always telling Ains to embrace Fast and Furious, which one of these days I will convert him. It's great, oh, man. Good job, Tal. You're the best. <laughs> Tal, I'll convert you, you bro. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Luke himself. Yeah, Luke, the two dollar super chat. Rank your Halo campaigns, not including Infinite. Well, I mean, mm. it's impossible for some of us that can't <laughs> do it. So, <laughs> I don't even know. I, I I couldn't even sit here and rank them because I don't remember most of them, mm. except for Reach. Wow, Reach was amazing, wow. and I really liked two for some okay. reason. Those uh, are though, I mean, those things. are two of the most highly regarded ones usually. So really, Reach Reach is up there. I, I'm yeah. surprised. Yeah, For Reach sure. is always up there. Now it so, wasn't at launch. It is now. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree with that. I kind of I think it's a good game. I don't know if it's a good Halo game. That's my complaint about it. But Halo Four has always been my Halo Four was my favorite. Nice. <laughs> so I I think I think when people talk about campaign. I'm thinking of the levels and the level design and the, the fights that you engage in in PVE. And I, I think of story separately. So like yeah. when people talk about campaigns, I actually think Halo 4 is at the bottom. That campaign is basically you just walking through hallways shooting things. Like it's like yeah. not very fun. I um, think more but, people think story. But the story is really good. So I try to yeah. separate the two. To me, it's like campaign, which are the levels you actually play in campaign mode, story separately, and then... Yeah. Uh, and then multiplayer. That's how I tend to divvy it up. Hey, our naked clothing sponsors back. Nice, dude. Woo! Dude, they I hit us I up really, on Thursday. I'm, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really waiting for them to talk about those online strips with clothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> also, also, a quick question: How do you strip online without clothing? So there's no skin. clothing at all involved in these strips. What are they stripping? That's my their skin. Like skin, yeah. skin. Yeah. stripping their skin off. <laughs> They're stripping bones. their skin nice. off. It's fantastic, nice, dude. Um, so to Luke's point, Kev, if you are, I, I don't even know, are you a big Halo fan? Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely love Halo. And I, uh, I responded to Luke's uh tweet last night with my ranking. Uh, it was two, one, three, reach, and then I put ODST five and four. Four is my least favorite Halo. Uh, and I, I've gone, I've, I, I went back and forth with Luke on this when uh, he was first on Project X Talk. Um, because he, he, everyone, he can't believe I, I like five more than four, but I can't either. I don't know why you're on this show, to be honest. <laughs> I'm Something surprised to hear you put all the other ones before it. That's yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I, I kind of well, four, you're talking about just campaign, right? You can't be yeah, talking yeah. about multiplayer because four well, is not. I don't like four multiplayer, I don't like four as a, like a game in general, to be honest. Like, wow. I, it's yeah, it's my least favorite Halo of any Halo I've played, which I know is wow, controversial. Yeah. That is, I mean, the story. I feel like the story redeems it, but I agree that the campaign itself, it's like, it, it kind of made it. It's the most linear by far, I think. And then it uh, is very linear. The, but I didn't. The, multi it, like... the multiplayer is also not not good. It's Call of Duty, basically. Mm -hmm. so. Yep, two is All my right. favorite multiplayer. Well, until Infinite came out, I think Infinite's probably my favorite multiplayer. I thought even five was better in yeah. terms of multiplayer. Yeah. I like five, five. multiplayer was incredible um, five until, it, awesome. until infinite. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, all right. Thank you guys for the super chats. Um, any other current games been playing that we want to talk about? Oh yeah. 
Um. <laughs> As he ponders, I can't remember. I played Sonic oh. Forces this week on PS oh Now. <laughs> I don't know why. Did it, how'd it work? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you can download that one, but it's a bad okay. game. So, so okay. if you want to waste three hours of your life playing a Sonic game, go for it. <laughs> we had a Sonic stand here last week. Somebody was we talking did. about how good Sonic is. Yeah. Everborn is a big Sonic stand, yes. Although he did admit that Sonic blanks. Colors was atrocious. So. That's true. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Sonic fans always have to admit that their franchise is, is like dying and like very much struggling. But uh, it's the quality control on the Sonic games as a whole has been not the best. So. Little, little, little Hasbro esque, I would say. <laughs> so, all right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the main topic then, which um, the, the scoop out of Bloomberg yesterday, I believe. Um, was that PlayStation is or has been working on a updated service. It's hard to say new based on the information, but updated subscription service that is going to launch in the spring. Um, essentially, right now, it's um, here's what we know, which is it's going to combine PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now. It's going to retain the PS Plus name in some form, but PS Now is going to kind of be phased out. Um, it is going to have three tiers according to the documents they received uh the first tier being just basically i guess a combination of those platforms the second tier being uh one that offers a large catalog of playstation 4 and eventually playstation 5 games over time and then the third tier highest tier would also uh, have all of that and include uh, a library of and game streaming of classic ps1 2 3 and psp games so uh jason schreier broke this and obviously, um, you know, the thought process here is that they're trying to evolve their services to compete with Xbox Game Pass in some form. Uh, it's even codenamed, according to the documents internally, as Spartacus, which is kind of hilarious when you think about it. Um, <clears throat> so we, we so why, you know, why is it hilarious to you? Because I, I have my own reason why I think Spartacus. Oh, is I just think it's I think it's hilarious because. Uh, the obvious reason, which is just that, you know, they're, they're looking at this as going uh, some kind of champion, if you will, to fight against uh, insurmountable odds, if you will. Um, but that's why I find it funny. What's, what's your reasoning? My reasoning <laughs> is because the first thing I thought when they said codename Spartacus was that scene yeah. in the old Spartacus movie where everybody who isn't Spartacus shouts, I am Spartacus. <laughs> no, you know, Spartacus. And my thinking was that it was like yeah. uh, what he said. You know, like they're looking at Game Pass and they're like, I am Spartacus. I am Game Pass, right? Like they're just like copying them. That's what it made me think of. It was like, oh, so they're just like basically looking at Game Pass and going, no, I am Game Pass. It's like, okay, well. Nice. It just cracked me up. But yeah, it's um. so kind of want to break this down a bit, guys, because I, I, we're not alone in, in talking for months, if not a couple of years now about PlayStation eventually doing something right in this space to evolve and have a competitor to game pass directly because playstation now just hasn't been it right um it's just not on the same level its subscription base is less than three million users uh, if i recall correctly which is not even in the same ballpark as game pass um and it's clear based on just the direction of the industry that uh you know we don't have to cover all the the game pass and other subscription service news but playstation needs something stronger in this vein so this isn't really a surprise um, what I am surprised about, based on the information we have, 
is that this doesn't seem like um, too much that's new. Um, this looks more like a combination of what exists, which seems surprising to me. And we don't know. We don't have all the details. We'll see what it looks like when it launches. But based on what um, Schreier was reporting, this just looks like a combination of PS Plus and PS Now, and you can buy as much of it as you want on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. I, I, it doesn't seem like a Game Pass competitor, in my opinion. You're, you, they haven't said anything, well, at least yet, around like new third-party deals. Uh, the wording around PlayStation 5 games says eventually they'll come to the service, which, again, doesn't seem to indicate any um, faster speed to market from PlayStation 5 titles going on to the subscription service. Um, and you could already play classic titles via PS Now already stream them anyway so i don't know if this is just simply a rebranding um and it's going to kind of bring a price point that may be a little more competitive than it is now to have ps plus and ps now separately um but in my opinion if this is it and that's all they're doing they're still missing the mark where are you guys at based on on what we said here kev i'll start with you man yeah, uh, so I am actively using PlayStation Now uh, right now. I got a three-month trial um, a few... Well, I got three months a few, a few weeks ago because I wanted okay. to replay through all the Sly Cooper games because okay. PS5 is my first PlayStation ever. So I really? missed out. Yeah, I missed out on the, everything, basically, um, except for Jack and Daxter back in the day. I stole my dad's uh, PS2 and played those. Great games. But essentially... Like I went into it and I was like, all right, I'm 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 not going to try to compare this to Game Pass. And then, you know, I have a video coming out Monday that's comparing it to Game Pass uh, pretty timely <laughs> uh, now that they've announced this. But the catalog just isn't there, in my opinion. Um, and it's not like there's a distinct lack of first party titles in PlayStation now. You have a few like The Last of Us 2 is there for like another two months. Uh, you have the old God of War games. You have the old Ratchet and Clank and the Sly Cooper games. Outside of that, there really isn't many big first-party games in there. And then you go looking for the big third-party games. Um, and I struggle to find those. That's why I'm playing things like Sonic Forces. Uh, it's just a very weak, almost shovelware-esque catalog to a, to a certain degree. So... In my opinion, when I first read this, I was like, okay, Game Pass competitor. But if they're just combining the services, which the more I think about it, the more I read, that seems to be the route they're actually going. They need to vastly improve the quality of titles mm -hmm. uh, on the catalog for it to have any chance. Because if they just take what they have there now and combine it with PS Plus, which is a good deal, like I'd probably subscribe to that regardless, it's still not going to compete with Game Pass, in my opinion, because the first, the big draws are the first party titles day one and the big third party games that we get. Like, you know, you see the Outriders, you go in there, you have Scarlet Nexus launching, or not launching, but coming in there. Um, you have those other big third-party games, and I think that's really what we're going to have to see PlayStation invest in, and that remains to be seen because they haven't done that for PlayStation now. Yeah, yeah, I think that's very fair, and and Elu in the chat is kind of echoing you. Uh, Kevin on point here, Sony's identity is their first-party games. They need to find a way to put them on the service on release date. I don't think they'll do this, though. Yeah, and I that's been the long that's been the discussion many of us have had right is that playstation's identity is their first party it's what draws people to the platform uh i would say one of the key things that draws them to the platform beyond brand recognition um 
But the conversation has always been, will they ever get to a point where they release first party games day and date to a service? Uh, I don't know. You know, maybe that's a long term thing. But uh, I, my current opinion is they'll speed up that market. Right. It's been it's been two to three years later uh, with PS Now currently, and that hasn't won them any favor. So I have to think they're rethinking that approach uh, and start to speed that up both to PC and to uh, service. So we'll see. Dan, what do you think, man? I, I know you play, you know, you kind of play pretty regularly on PlayStation. I don't believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you use PlayStation now. No. Um, but, uh, you know, <clears throat> what's this sound like to you? Is this intriguing or is it just more of the same? No. It doesn't sound interesting <laughs> at all to me. It, it, sounds, it sounds like, like, like Game Pass's whole thing and the identity of Game Pass is that first party day and date yeah. game, right? To be fair... You know, we haven't seen, I mean, I think April is when my dollar thing runs out when I got my three oh, yeah, years, yeah. you know, yeah. so, so I haven't had any reason to complain once, you know, that's over, you know, I need to start seeing some more first party stuff. You know, once those games start hitting for game pass, it's going to be amazing. I don't think PlayStation is going that route. I don't think they really have to right now. And I don't know if they really have to compete necessarily with game pass. I, I think. You know, subscription services are, are are very, you know, subjective when it comes to value. So it, it's, you know, you get a certain amount out of it. I might get something completely different. Um, now, to, you know, saying that there's Forza and, you know, and Halo within a month or two, you know, that's amazing for somebody like me, maybe, you know, but for the guy over here that plays, you know, the FIFAs, the Call of Duties, you know, maybe not. I could see them maybe doing some stuff with say like uh, MLB franchise, they might throw that on their third tier, whatever that's going to be, you know, it could, because they, they can, because we know that, that, that money and, and that revenue stream is really from the, the stubs and the, the, the online players, you know, that's where the games are going to make their money and, and putting it up there for people to access for nothing, you know, that would be, you know, something that they could do and probably be very, very profitable, profitable on. So, and we, we saw last year with, you know, how many people started playing MLB, you know, on Xbox when it released this on year. Game Pass. Oh, this, this year, year. yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, this year. <laughs> I'm thinking we're next year already. All right, yeah, uh -huh. but yeah, the last the last iteration of it. So, you know, we, you know, it, it, it's possible with games like that, but you have to have good games like that. That's the that's really the key. Um, the Destruction All Stars and the, you know, these other little you know i remember that game things yeah right yeah these things <laughs> these things aren't gonna cut it you know when you've got a, a you know you've got microsoft on one hand who who's you know looking to to get some of that sony magic with those first party titles right playstation doesn't seem to be reaching for that multiplayer area to me you know like like what halo has or, or gears brings or even forza to a certain extent you know and, and having that that kind of game you know you just don't see it um, and that's really where I think the market is. I mean, that's where you're going to make, I think, most of your your income um, in the future, you know. But, you know, keep doing your first party stuff. That's fine. If you want to throw it on here, I might get it. But it has to be a more consistent, you know, yeah, flow of games. You know, I, I it, you get to the point where you're just like, I look at my game pass. I haven't really downloaded anything since Forza. And before that, it really wasn't anything since MLB. Like I'm, a, I'm more of the those big games, like all these little indie games. Like I can give a crap less about. So, 
But with that being said, it's it's an option because I have it and it's it's there too. It's like you know we I've said it before. It's kind of like my demo, you know, yeah. my yeah. demo service, you know. And I, I just I just don't. But that's me. You know, you guys are probably completely different. I need I need you to watch this back and see Travis's uh, expression when you said you don't care about the indie games. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I will continue to say that being said, I did download that new Warhammer 40k one that's on there because I'm a huge 40k fan. Uh, I don't know what it is. I played like the tutorial. Or What's it called? Tired no, it's, it's no, it's a brand new one. It just released on Game Pass. Uh, no, Battle something. I don't know. It's, it plays like a like a almost like an XCOM squad based XCOM thing. Okay. We've got like you know, it's it's actually wasn't too bad, but I've only played like an hour, so um, I can't really speak on it. But you know, stuff like that. That's what for me Game Pass is for. It's like, oh, okay, this might be cool. Or I find like a cool little indie every once in a while, but it marks that it. Said, battle, battle sector. sector. That's it. Yep. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, but I, the value I think is there for most people, you know, in 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 this group of people Thanks. slash community, you know. But I, I think for the masses, um, once those first party titles from Xbox start hitting Game Pass, is going to be incredible. I don't ever think PlayStation is going to do that until man i don't know man i just until they come to a point where they 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 release like a first party game something like days gone where maybe it doesn't do so well critically and financially and and they go man we you know maybe we could have got more people on it through this service you know and and you know made money on this service you know because that's 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 the end game for all these people it's not i mean you can say what you want but they don't give a crap. <laughs> and that, that's people. what Matt is echoing yeah. here too, is I won't be subscribed to Sony Game Pass until no. they include Sony first Game party. Pass. And I think, you know, yeah, that's 100%. probably going to be true for a lot of people. Um, that's why I find this kind of decision. Well, we don't know. We don't know yet, but that's right. why I find it interesting that, and I have to, I can only imagine the conversations that Sony's having or PlayStation's having internally about that, right? Um, I'm sure Jim and many, many people have looked over the numbers 20 times over to see, where it makes the most sense because you do have the titles like miles right and spider-man that is still maintaining its value and still selling well um and it's just got you know in the teens of millions of copies sold and they have to weigh that value uh and the revenue stream there against what it would do for a service um which is you know i'd love to see all that behind the behind the scenes but it'd be interesting i i i don't know about you guys travis i know you have some thoughts so we'll get to you too but add add this comment to yours is I personally, to Dan's point, would be willing to pay more, uh, a decent amount more, if Sony were to include uh, first party day and date, kind of like a Ubisoft Plus that they do on PC, where you pay, you know, it's like 15 bucks a month or 20 bucks a month, whatever it is, but you get every Ubisoft title at launch. Um, I would be uh, up for that on the PlayStation side if they were to do it. So. Well, you know, we, we talked about that before, though. We, we, we It needs to hit that critical, you know, tipping point, I think, and Game Pass is kind of the same way. And this, it, this is five years down the road for PlayStation, Xboxes and Microsoft are way closer where you're getting that game every one or two, you know, every two, three months, that big game, yeah. you know, or, you know, and then everything else is kind of filled with either third party, which I think they've done a good job with so far, but I think that could push that service over the edge more so than the first party games is getting third party games day and day. Um, but you need to have that consistent content coming out and, and 
that's that's going to push that service. I mean, what's it at now? Probably thirty million for Game Pass right now. Something like uh, that. I, we we believe it was in the high twenties, but that was mm-hmm. before Forza yeah. and now Halo I mean, launches this week. So you, you could be looking at fifty to sixty million once you start getting that consistent, you know, content. Man, I mean, it's going to be insane. But it, it's Microsoft found its groove for sure, and they've done a really good job so far. It's just you know, I, I once that big stuff starts hitting all the, the studios they acquired and all that's it's going to be outstanding playstations just i just i just don't think they could they're coming in late so they're playing from behind the ball which is not usually what they are used to especially last generation so it's it's and they're still you know it just seems like there's a lot of hesitancy from you know jim ryan and the bigger guys you know like hey you know we don't really need to do this and you know right now maybe not but you know it, it looks like they're kind of testing the waters maybe but it definitely doesn't compare to game pass in this you know from in what, what we know here yeah, yeah from what we know yeah no yeah. not even close travis i know you've been waiting yeah uh there's so much to to like consider with this sort of thing um i do think that this is probably a mistake on playstations uh and then the reason for that is we kind of talked about this last week actually where we said each of the uh, console manufacturers is doing like their own strategy and they're completely different yeah. from each other. And you, you kind of, I kind of like that PlayStation has a walled garden with their uh, exclusives that, that everybody like kind of like enters that platform to play because there's not another uh, console maker that's doing that. And it's sort of a unique thing to them. Um, I think Xbox's move here has been really good, which is that, you know, they're in the, they're in the marathon race with Sony and PlayStation's, <laughs> way ahead of them right and they go all right well i'm probably not going to be able to be able to beat them to the finish line there so i'm just going to start running this direction right i'm going (laughs) to run to a completely different goalpost that's over here and they take a 90 degree angle start running that way and now playstation's looking over their shoulder and going wait now i want to be there and they're kind of like (laughs) running the other way you know um and and that i think when you're sort of like chasing somebody else and you're the second to market second to come up with that that's never a good position to be in. And PlayStation has been doing that for almost this entire generation and, and pretty much all the different categories. They're like, oh, well, we're going to do what Xbox is doing too with, uh, with uh, it seems like with backwards compatibility, definitely with Game Pass, definitely with like their cloud services, definitely with uh, their, um, what was the other thing they recently changed uh, to, to be more like Xbox? Uh, it's 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 escaping me but either way they're sort of like chasing a little bit and that's that's never a good position you to be in and i do think you have to be all in to make a a a service like this work and xbox is all in they're like yeah we're gonna put all of our games on it and we have a ton of new first party games coming and they're all gonna be on a day and date um and i don't i really don't think playstation's going to do that personally i think it's it's probably unlikely that they do it day and date it'll be more like what they did with uh their greatest hits collection where they put all of their most popular games on the, yeah. yeah, On the subscription service. Um, But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see, man. Time will tell. Um, I do think uh, that there is, there are a few things working in PlayStation's favor here. One is that Xbox already built the model and they don't have to do the hard part of like building this entire idea. Right. Because they can go to third-party games that are on Game Pass and go, hey, the subscription model is working for you guys over there. Why not put it over here where we have uh, a lot more uh, console owners? And then they can just sort of go, okay, yeah, and me too, a lot of those games, right? And I think that's huge. Now the industry's open to this sort of model, whereas they weren't before. So 
Xbox has opened up a bunch of doors for PlayStation that I think they could walk through pretty easily. So I think that that is certainly uh, helpful to them. And then they also have different developers that they have relationships with and different publishers they have relationships with that might be willing to uh, put it on their platform more than they're willing to put it on Xbox, especially when it comes to Japanese developers. Um, so I think they have certain advantages that could make a, a Game Pass-like subscription work for them, even if they're not going all in with their first party. So it'll be interesting. We'll have to see what they do. I really hope they move away from streaming games and actually let you download them. I don't know that they've commented on that yet, um, but the, you know, I've, I've got three gigabyte per second. I think it's like 3.4 gigs I get in San Francisco per second. Um, probably the fastest internet in the continental United States. And I still can't stream a lot of the video games well enough to get like a, a very responsive like input. And so I just I just don't think that that's the way. I think they need to get rid of that and just and just do a uh, do a download. So I, I I do want to comment on that as someone using PlayStation now. You only have to stream PlayStation Three games. You can download yeah. all PS4 and then the sixteen PS2 games that they have, which are just PS2 like they brought them to PS4. Um, yeah, like for the one thing I want I, I want to touch on is you know xbox is all in and that's because they have won the financial but they're also doing a two-pronged approach right they have the pc game pass and the xbox game pass so you can stream games from ps now to pc do we think that with this new tier system playstation is going to let you download games on your pc and really invest in that ecosystem too i I would say down the line I don't see that happening in spring. Um, we we know that PlayStation has been investing in, uh, and someone in comments may remember, but there's a company they mm -hmm. invested in recently that is primarily uh, built for PC porting. Um, so uh, I could see that down the line, but I, I just don't see them being ready to do that sort of thing by spring. Mm -hmm. But to your point, Kev, I think the larger point you're trying to make is that uh, Xbox has gone all in, not just on console, but PC, and they're doing a lot of things to help the PC community, um, especially with the largest games and, and everything else. And in fact, I'm on this ongoing Game Pass PC insider survey, you know, because they know that the Game Pass PC side needs help. But mm -hmm. I think PlayStation has definitely begun to realize that they need to support PC better, for sure. Well, that, you know, in the, in the cloud service, like that Battletech, I didn't have to download it. I just played it. Because okay. it's on my Xbox, right? So that was cool as hell. I was just like, oh yeah, you know, they, they're they're going forward, and, you know, adding that to the service, you know, which already has, you know, depending on who you are, substantial value. You know, that's that's even better. I mean, that's that's cool as hell. I mean, that was the first time I've used that. Yeah, like and it worked it was, well. Yeah, had no problems, none Good. whatsoever. It was just like boom, Good. buttery smooth, brand new game, and I don't have to download it, and I can try it out, see how it is. And if I like it, then I can throw it on my system. It will run better, maybe. You know, it's funny because for years we've been talking about, many of us have been kind of reflecting on the age of demos. You remember you get you used to get those demo discs with magazines yeah. and stuff. And we said, whatever happened to game demos? Like, you know, they just kind of disappeared at one point. And now with the new technology, with Game Pass, with streaming and everything, it feels like these are our modern game demos. You just load something up, play it. If you like it, cool. If not, it's you don't have to think about it again um yeah. it's kind of interesting let me get to some of these comments there's some good ones here so uh matt 
Good morning, Matt. By the way, Matt's helping me, uh, Mr. Audiophile himself. If you ever need audio advice, Matt's the man. Um, so much of the economy has shifted to a monthly subscription like pay service. People seem more inclined to spend when it's easier to fit into a monthly budget. I mean, that's it's fundamentally true um, that people budget as a monthly basis. This is why you have leases on cars. This is why mortgages are the way they are. This is why, you know, credit card payments are the way they are. So, um, yeah, I think that's absolutely true, uh, Matt, and, and part of this kind of larger conversation. Uh, Walt says they certainly make it work. Hulu was second to Netflix and they are quite successful now. Yeah. And I, this is an interesting one because the way I view PlayStation, especially from the conversation we're having here and the strength of their first party is I view PlayStation as the potential of being something more akin to Disney plus, um, where, uh, Disney has all this IP ownership, right. And they came into the streaming game late, but look how fast they've grown Mm -hmm. simply because, they took all their IP strength and said, oh, you want to watch, you know, you want to watch Mandalorian or you want to watch, you guys know better than me, Marvel, certain Marvel shows, you have to be on Disney Plus. Loki, you have to be on Disney Plus, period. And this is now our new walled garden to Travis's point. Um, You know, here's what you have. And they they went from what, zero to, I think they're over 100 million subs now, uh, Disney Plus. I think they passed 100 million this year, which is astronomical, right? Because they just have so much IP strength. So, yeah. Uh, again, I, I wonder. I wonder if they'll do. They'll also take a a a page from Disney Plus's book and have certain games within their Game Pass like service that you have to pay a premium for. You know, like when the they had like the Mulan, like Black uh, Widow and stuff come out. A Black Widow, oh. and you have to pay an extra fee on top. I could see them doing that for their first party. Like, all yeah. right, well, if you're our, if you're a Sony Game Pass subscriber and you pay an extra ten dollars, then you'll have access to this this game. Uh, okay. that we don't want to fully put into our subscription service. I could see right. that. Well, and, uh, you know, that it's not a direct comparison, but kind of parallel in that, you know, similar to what Xbox did with Forza with the Ultimate, right? If you're yep. a Game Pass subscriber, you could pay $45 and get the Ultimate Edition, which includes all these bonuses, which uh, that was their first dabbling in that space too. But I think, you, you know, if we're having these conversations, obviously, like we said, all the PlayStation uh, team is having these conversations. But I think that's what they're thinking about is, you know, is our IP strength strong enough um, to warrant going day and date for a strong for a higher priced or higher value service? Yeah, the other, I want I wonder internally, like, what are they what are they talking about? Because wasn't wasn't Jim Ryan the guy who said that uh, the Xbox subscription service was unsustainable. Like that model wouldn't work. So I'm just wondering like internally, like what did they, did that change? Do they think now it is sustainable or like what, what's happening with the leadership there? I would love to be a fly on the wall and just understand no those discussions. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. And I, and I was, I was going to say the, the tougher thing about game development too, especially the way PlayStation is structured right now from a first party perspective is they're really known for, not really just first party, but they're AAA first party, right? They're known for the God of Wars, the Horizon, the Spider-Man, etc. And and the game development time of those games is years, right? So going back to what Dan uh, mentioned that we've talked about many times before, you can say that PlayStation's first party strength is is very strong, and it is. I think that's correct, right? But do they have the cadence necessary to keep people subscribed on a monthly basis? with those releases i mean i don't think they well i don't think i know they don't have it today nope. will they have it in the future i don't know but i mean you can look at playstation right now and their last release was a third party agreement 
major, you know, kind of exclusive release was a third party agreement in Deathloop, which came out in August. And they don't have another first party title until February with Horizon. So you're talking about a six month gap where there's no major game launching directly on PlayStation, uh, exclusively mm-hmm. to PlayStation. Right. So why would someone say stay subscribed for those six months unless you're making broader deals again to dan's point like xbox has begun to do with game pass over the past 12 to 18 months where they have two drops a month of indie titles third-party titles uh triple a titles that may be six months old like scarlet nexus to your point uh kev so playstation has a lot of work to do i think people forget that game pass is nearly five years old now and game pass has not looked always looked like it does now right when Game Pass first launched, those first couple of years, it was pretty sparse. Uh, you had the early adopters like some of us who were experimenting with it. But overall, there wasn't a huge offering. Um, it's a very different service today. And so, I, I, again, I, I think PlayStation has a lot of work to do in this space if they're serious about really, really, truly competing with Game Pass or creating their own niche that's going to have tens of millions of subscribers. Yeah, I, I hope they're not serious about it, frankly. I really don't. I hope they're not. I hope hope they just go, oh, we'll have something kind of small on the side for people that want it and then just keep doing what they're doing. Because, like, why would you why would you change your model to chase something when you already Mm -hmm. are successful doing what you're doing now? I just it doesn't really make sense to me. They're already number one. What are they going after? And I to to the point you made. Are they are they number one? Just to counter that, will they remain number one with the same business model into the future? I mean, that, that's always a good question to be looking ahead and doing it. But they were just saying like recently, it was like within the last year that they thought that that model didn't even work. So I'm just wondering what they think I, they're I chasing. And the, the, uh, the, to, to your point, Ains, about the, the six months gap, I mean, if, if it's a monthly subscription, they could just players could just take their $10 and move it around from console to console from month to month. Like, okay, this I month I'm yeah. Xbox has got something good. I'm going to be a Xbox subscriber. And the next month, something on PlayStation comes out. I'm going to take that $10 and cancel game pass and resub with PlayStation. People complain a lot about how now all the subscription services cost as much as cable. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, but you can only watch one show at a time. Why don't, why doesn't everybody just use the same $10 and move it around depending on which <laughs> show they're watching? Like, that's what I would do. Like you could, it's not who watches like four shows at the same time, just like subscribe to Netflix when you're watching Netflix shows. And the next month when Amazon comes up with something, move that money and pay for Amazon that month. I just, I don't, I don't understand why people don't do that. Dan, Dan, like you're always money. the exception. You know this. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's unusual. Like it takes me a while to get through shows, so it's like I do pay for all of them every month, but I shouldn't. Like I should just pay for the one that I'm watching shows on that that month. There's like that app now, isn't there? There's that app. It's like you know, so many people pay for subscriptions every month. Like our app will let you cancel them on demand. Four, five, ninety nine a month. There's like an app that that controls it for you, where you can just like basically turn them off when you want and stuff. So I think that's what most people do. They set the auto renew, and then they're like set it, forget it, and then it just automatically does it. I mean, I just canceled Netflix and I canceled the Spotify. Like I'm canceling subscriptions because I'm like so. I'm you're, not you're using preparing them. To, you're preparing to not have anything to talk about at parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, no, I didn't watch that. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. What, what show you're but yeah, well, no. It's, that's it's, the problem, though, right? It's, we've got. I had Spotify, Amazon Music, and like YouTube Music all at the same time, and why? I was just like, "Why? Yeah, why? What the hell?" I, I had no idea. I just like there's like a oh, there's the eight dollars for whatever. I don't even know what the hell that is. 
Okay. <laughs> I must have bought something, but I have no idea what it is half the time. And, you know, if like my, that's what my son does. Like he's, he plays mostly PC games, um, plays Halo Infinite. He loves it. He's having a ball with it, my oldest son. And uh, he's like, man, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the campaign. I was like, well, why don't you just buy Game Pass for a month? Mm-hmm. A he's month. like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pay, I'm gonna pay 50, 15 bucks and have it for a month, and then I'll finish it. Then once the co-op stuff comes out, I'll get it again. And, you know, yeah. that's 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 kind of his deal. So it's a smart way to do it, really. Um I, you unless, know, we've all been on unless that. They, unless they convince on that him to get thing, it right? enough on enough months to where he's paying more than the game costs. Because right. if he pays fifteen dollars next month or this month, and then fifteen dollars when it becomes co-op, and then fifteen dollars when you know something new comes out, he might as well <laughs> just bought the game. They threw it in like three days. I'm like legendary or whatever it is. Yeah, but like they're gonna keep they're gonna keep they adding they're gonna keep adding stuff every couple months. Yeah, he might do that. Describing for one mm-hmm. month and. Yeah, I mean, players are getting a good deal regardless, I think, because they get so much on top of that. Like, there might be other games he tries while his subscription is still active if he's only using yeah, he might. Yeah. Halo. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you can also share subscriptions, right? Like, I, my brother pays for Game Pass Ultimate, but we game share, so I get Game Pass, so I haven't paid for it. And then I'll cover PlayStation. He shares the PlayStation side. And you do that for every subscription service. So, like, if you have people, you can make it pretty affordable. Um, now will PlayStation let me share the new one? I don't know. They don't let me share cloud saves, but (laughs) we'll we'll find out. (laughs) They always find a way. Um, so we've got some super chats and some comments I want to get to. So we'll do the super chats first. Uh, we got Mo here. Dan. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. I was reading something else. Yeah. Hey, I stopped running. (laughs) Mo 49 super chat, super chat. Good morning, boys. Cheers. Chat. Three more days to Halo Infinite, baby. Yeah, man. That was I added the woo. Yeah, you added the woo. That's fine. That was for free. Uh, thanks, Mo. Uh, Fat <laughs> Boy Horror in the house. Fat Boy Horror with a five pound super chat. Morning slash afternoon, gents. Great topic as usual. By the way, LGC one absolutely rocks. Yes, yes, sir. He said he played Halo in 120 frames on the C one the other day for the first time in our Discord, and I was like, yes, it's the way to do it, man. It is. I'm yeah, it's 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 stunning. Um, real quick, uh, there's a couple good comments here I want to get to too. Beast, uh, Beast is always very insightful. Says I have more to say on Disney Plus. The growth is not simply due to Mondo or WandaVision. Their acquisition uh, of Fox brought them the Indian audience, which is boosting their numbers. So, but uh, it's funny because there's parallels there, right? Uh, that um, he added. Sorry, their Indian concurrent numbers on streaming for G Sports are crazy. Five million concurrent on some days. That's amazing. Um, but uh, what I was going to say is there's some parallels there because as xbox has not been shy about talking about right is that excuse me is that there this global audience has has been closed off from the console market to a degree for forever now basically as long as consoles have existed and things like the game things like game pass like cloud streaming right open that access much much broader um and i think they're that's part of what they're trying to capitalize on to a degree so i think those parallels are interesting um beast always also says excuse me that uh, we were talking about cadence of releases, right? And uh, subscription service and keeping people engaged. And he points out that there's 25 current projects on PlayStation first, first party versus 58 in the works over on the Xbox side. So, uh, which we know, right? Uh, I know we we know a whole bunch of the Xbox exclusives that are coming and people uh, that I've spoken to that are, you know, we're familiar with uh, kind of the more inner workings like Jazz, right? Have said that's not even half of what they have in the works. So 
uh, as we continue to reiterate these next few years are going to be pretty wild. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's what they have to do. I think that's when you go to this service, I mean, you look at Netflix, they, you know, there's a lot of stuff that comes out from Netflix that people don't even really know about or isn't really Dude, literally new. every day. I turn yeah, it every, on yeah, every day new and you I'm know, like, good Lord. Yeah. And that's, and that's when you go down this route, then you have to make sure you're supported and they are doing that. And that's great to see because it makes, you know, my, my dollar go a little bit farther. So yep. I'm all for it, man. Agreed. Well, I think uh, on that topic, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what comes. It's uh, supposedly it's launching in spring. So we should start to hear about it here in the next few months. We'll see what they offer. As I said, I really do hope that it's more than just kind of merging PS Plus and PS Now and adding tiers. Um, and, and I didn't realize, Kev, that was some good insight on um, PS Now. I didn't realize there was only 16 PS2 games, you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty yeah. sure I counted 16. That's I, I. Why is it so limited? That seems bizarre to me. I'm not sure the and those are only the I guess because um, I didn't have a PlayStation Four, but I guess uh, during the PlayStation Four era they brought forward some PS2 games, and those are the select PS2 games that were brought forward to PS4. So they're basically they ported those, and that's why they're on the service. So mm. apart from that, there's no there's if they didn't get brought forward, there's no PS2 games on there. Um, the new tier they're talking about, you'd have PS1, PS2, PSP. It said which. As someone that hasn't had a PlayStation, yeah, I'd be all about like trying out the games I missed if the catalog is there, but you don't want to do that. No, 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 PSP. <laughs> no, no PSP. <laughs> uh, PSP, PSP was amazing when it came out. I, I still remember first seeing the device and, and using it and everything. Going back and playing a PSP game on your TV nowadays is like, where's ugh. the PS Vita games though? Like, is they're it PS... also not good though. Yeah. <laughs> well, doesn't PS Vita have a lot of like. Games? Doesn't PS Vita have a lot of like shared games with like PS3? Like, um, it does have some, yeah, yeah, yeah some that you have to touch use a touchpad that's on the back of the console. For. Oh, that yeah. is a nightmare. I like the Vita, leave the Vita alone. Oh my god, dude, no, no, I was like, I think I bought two Vitas and both of them. I was just like, this is like a, such a mistake, I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> Vita, Vita was ahead of its time. I get that pe- the people like it for their indies and stuff like that, but like all the major games I bought it, I was just like, I don't want to be here. This yeah. is terrible. Persona, Persona 4, that's all. Yeah. That's all you need. And Vita, uh, funny enough, old. it's one of those things with collective uh, collectors now that like a Vita and all their hard copies are just skyrocketing in value. Um, yeah. So I've got some of them. They killed it. They killed it, Nance. I know. And they killed what they look what they did to my boy. (laughs) I love the Vita, man. All right. Let's uh we'll move on from that. Obviously, there'll be a lot more conversation on that in the future. But um, let's move on to a couple other things. I want to talk about Battlefield. Um, because quite frankly, nobody's talking about Battlefield 2042, it seems. Um launch has been less than stellar. We've already kind of touched on that previously. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the player base looks like, but uh, it's pretty clear by the news that came out this week that um, EA cares about Battlefield and some changes, major changes are coming. Well, uh, somebody are, does. Are happening. <laughs> are happening. <laughs> are happening. So um, if you did see this, uh, I'll kind of run down all the moves because they are interesting for sure. So DICE general manager Oscar Gabrielson uh, is leaving the company to pursue new endeavors. They didn't say where he's going, but uh, he is leaving. Uh, Rebecca Kutaz, I believe that's pronounced uh, the way it's pronounced, 
who is the former studio director at Ubisoft Annecy, is taking over as GM of DICE. In parallel to this, Vince Zampella, who we all know from Call of Duty fame and now Respawn fame, um, he has been put in charge of basically overseeing the entire Battlefield IP or franchise. Um, and I do kind of find it funny. I mean, most of what Zampella touches turns to gold. I mean, he just kind of knows what to do with these shooters. Um, so I can see this is a good move. He has a very positive reputation. Um, but it is interesting to me that EA has just continually promoted Zampella to try and either create and or fix uh, anything going wrong with their with their IP. So he's kind of now overseeing everything. Meanwhile, Marcus Leto, who uh, was part of the original Halo team back at Bungie, um, he is now running a new studio in Seattle. If you remember, he opened V1 Interactive uh, that launched, um, oh God, Disintegration uh, last year, which basically fell flat. And he had to shut down that studio. It sounded like it was a pretty uh, tumultuous time for him. But kind of rising from the ashes, if you will, he's being uh, leading a new studio under EA in Seattle. And he is going to work directly with DICE and their other new studio, Ripple Effect, on improving Battlefield 2042 into the future and adding some narrative elements to the game. Hmm. Now, they didn't, they didn't describe exactly what that means. Um, but... Here's a, a couple comments directly about that. Um, and these comments come from a gentleman named Byron Bede, who is a Call of Duty veteran. He helped call, grow Call of Duty. And EA has hired him as well to help uh, kind of save Battlefield, if you will. So Lido and his team in Seattle will expand Battlefield 2042's narrative across a variety of experiences. These will lay the foundation for storytelling opportunities now and well into the future. Um, and what Lido's team creates will show up in later seasons of Battlefield 2042 and beyond. While he and his team in Seattle area are just getting started on building Battlefield World of Tomorrow, their work will shape later seasons for 2042 and beyond. This new studio will act as the driver for narrative and tight collaboration with Dice and Ripple Effect to help build greater player experiences in the Battlefield universe. So that's a lot to break down there. But what I find most interesting here as I kind of talk through it is that they have Call of Duty, Titanfall, and Halo veterans now all working and overseeing Battlefield. Um, and I have a, the, the main question I have to ask here is, why did this take so long? Why have they let Battlefield just flounder for years now when it was such a popular IP? That at this point, people are just, I think, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I know for me, I'm just frustrated with it. Frustrated that they can't deliver a good Battlefield game. Mm. I, it, it's, it's, it's an oversaturated area now. I mean, it's you've got Call of Duty, you've got Halo, you, you, know, you, you come out flailing with 2042, you know, see, ah, there it is, guys. And then that's it. I mean, what are you, the, the, and now you take Vince Zampello, who is, I think, one of, you know, who's produced some of the great, you know, it was Titanfall. Didn't he do the Jedi yeah, game? Modern, no, well, they did, yeah, they did Fall in Order at Respawn, but he, right, he recent, became yeah, famous for his work on right. Modern Warfare back in the day. Right, yeah. So the guy knows his stuff. Yes. Right? And now he's going to be, you're throwing him at this this franchise that has basically, you know, gotten progressively worse over the last three iterations. And you know, I understand why you're doing it. It just makes me kind of sad that he's not 
going and doing something else that, you know, I might enjoy playing, you know, and that's more of a personal kind of thing to me. You know, I'd like to see him do another Titanfall, maybe like a Titanfall three or something, which we'll probably never get. He did um, tease that uh Titanfall is not uh right. It's not, right. But yeah. Whatever that means. Regardless. I mean, your whole spiel totally confused me. I don't know any of these people except for Vince. Um, so good luck. I don't know Marcus Leto. Come I don't know on now. I don't know any of them. Do some research. Good luck, Vince. That's my <laughs> that's my hot take for the day. So that's all I got, man. I, I, I don't feel good. Uh, yeah, no, so I'll hop in. Obviously, um, my main concern is that we're going to see Battlefield shift. And I don't know if concern is the right word, but we're going to see Battlefield shift towards a Call of Duty style um, yearly uh, development type uh, where you get, you know, ripple effect and, and whatever uh, other studios in EA, they're going to start. Okay. Well, you have battlefield for this year, then you get battlefield for next year. And maybe it's all contained in one game because they're talking about like a battlefield universe, uh, you know, connected, really expanding. And maybe some people get narrative storytelling uh, aspects to work on. Other people focus on the multiplayer. Um, do we, do we want that for Battlefield? Like Battlefield has always tried to set itself apart from Call of Duty, right? Like it, it has a, a much different time to kill, a much different way that the battles play out in the actual game. And whether you like that or not, personally, I'm not a Battlefield or a Call of Duty guy. So it's hard for me to jump in and be like, yeah, I can see what's wrong with the game. Um, Tom on my, um, my show is the battlefield guy and he's very disappointed with 2042. Like this was his, he was super excited more than halo. Like he really wanted this one to hit. And when he hopped in and like saw how disappointing it was, all the bugs that people are experiencing, he, he, he's put it down until they, they make some serious improvements. So Maybe a yearly cycle, we'll see a tighter development and get rid of those issues, but it could also just change Battlefield at its core. And I don't know how that would be received. Yeah, and Captain says, uh, Battlefield is such a shadow of its former self. They've lost their identity, self-respect, and most of all, hardcore Battlefield fans. And I think that's true yeah. because I am I am one of those. Uh, Battlefield was well, there, my... There you go. Then what do they have to lose? No, so that's the point, we're, right? Are really it? worried about them losing their identity and all that? And no, like, they already have, right? Yeah, so I think that's exactly. what they're trying to salvage. Because they, regardless of of what we personally I mean, think about I mean, they, it. They, they kind of had two bad games, right? Like like you were saying that they've been bad yeah. for years. But like Battlefield 1 was pretty well received, I remember. People were people liked that game. Yeah, generally the campaign. Speaking. The campaign was all right. The people really liked the multiplayer. And then after that, Battlefield 5 was... Kind of okay, probably worse. And then this is really the one that I've seen that that sort of was like getting ba- Battlefield claimed. One was kind of borderline. It was it was borderline, generally really? well, re- yeah, generally well received. But people didn't. So a lot of the community didn't like the World War One aesthetic, mm-hmm. um, and then it didn't launch well from a technical perspective, as usual, because all Battlefield games yeah. apparently can't launch well like that. So Battlefield Four was really the last kind of big hit. That they had and even that had problems that launched technically that had a bunch of problems yeah yeah, yeah. but uh i mean th- you're going back to the beginning you're going to 2014 
I mean, you're talking about, you know, several years for battlefield four. I just don't think it's been this bad. Like to me, 2042 is like a, it's a tipping point like that. It's different from, I don't like the setting that you chose and Mm -hmm. some technical hitches to like your game is just like a flop at launch. Like that's crazy. Like it's, That like it's really gone down. So I, I'm not really worried about it losing its identity. I mean, I, I'm sort of with Kevin on this one that like uh I never really liked Battlefield's identity all that much to begin with. And I think that they've already <laughs> Call Call of Duty and Battlefield have already been chasing each other for years, like modern warfare, and then you know, Battlefield makes like more modern battlefield games, and then Battlefield switches to World War One and World War Two, and then now Call of Duty does, you know, World War Two games, and it, it's just sort of like they they've always sort of like intermingled. I do think Call of Duty needs a competitor in the genre that serves that game and isn't Call of Duty because Call of Duty has just over the years been like, you know, the the ten thousand pound gorilla that nobody can seem to put down. And uh, I like that Battlefield has sort of served as an alternative. But I mean, if what they're doing right now isn't working, they got to change it. So I don't I don't really care about its identity. It's like do what you got to do, serve that player base. But uh, you know, I. Nothing is sacred to me when it comes to those games. Like just do whatever you got to do. Completely get rid of it. Put, you know, make it a comedy game. I don't care. Put it, make it a dating sim for all I care. <laughs> all right. All right. Just do, just, do some, just do something new. Do something new is what I say. Santa Claus is coming. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Santa yeah, Claus Santa is Claus coming skins. to 2042. That's right. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think, you know, it's obvious that the IP itself holds a lot of weight still right and to to kev's point with his friend and and many people i know a few who are in the chat i know sarko is a gigantic battlefield fan and you know a lot of hype and hope for 2042 as kind of the savior if you will of the 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 franchise people were looking at that as being the new thing from battlefield and and like i said that's why there was such crushing disappointment when i first played it because i was like oh god this this isn't good um and i sadly now the world's realized that this isn't good you know as everyone's kind of gotten into it and now they're talking about spending years trying to fix it and add to it and it's like yeah but again as we continue to seemingly talk about with some of these major games the damage has been done um even if you 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 can kind of recoup the audience over time it may take years but it's the damage here is, is pretty strong so we'll see if you're talking about multiple studios i mean dice is already a huge studio with partner studios um and now you're talking about ripple effect and another new studio in seattle all being focused on battlefield this investment is huge from ea so they know that the ip has value um but you know what what is this going to look like and do they actually get it done who knows that's we'll see yeah Mm. <laughs> Good thing Halo's out because I tell you, if Halo wasn't here this fall and Battlefield launched like it did, I'd be a sad person right now. Oh, you'd be playing Forza. Well, I know, but I need my multiplayer like competitive fix, you know yeah. what I mean? And Call of Duty doesn't do it for me, so I, I'd be yeah. just disappointed. But luckily, Halo's amazing, so I'm in good shape. Yeah, I remember listening to 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 bad bit talk about how excited he was for for battlefield and mm-hmm. and i don't even know if he's has he even jumped into it like i i feel like he told me he wasn't playing it no he's not playing it yeah no i think that's true of most of us right like i i have it um i haven't touched it um which is just a shame i played a little bit of the portal uh since it came out but right now man it's just halo's too good like why honestly why would i boot up battlefield when i have halo 
There, there's I, no reason. They're to. very, they're very different games. They are, but I mean, you're talking yeah. about just fundamentally the mechanics are so polished in Halo, and they're so screwy in Battlefield. It's just not. It's. I, I think if, if Battlefield 2042 came out and was a functional, well-developed game, right? Like if it had gotten another year to to be worked on, like Halo did, and, yes. and they ironed out all the stuff. I think, um, I think you would want to play both for very different reasons because you get. Uh, to me, they're not even close to the same game, right? Like they're mm-hmm. different in style. They're different in the the uh, game types that you're playing, the player counts, the kind of chaos versus like polished arena shooter. I just think they have, they they could both have been successful. I of think course. even even of Call of Duty could even have been successful. And there are people who would have bought all three and sort of been jumping between all three. It's just that right now you don't really have an option, and so now everybody's <clears> just <throat> complaining complaining about Halo cosmetics because that's the only thing that's <laughs> the only really complaint. Yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, which, you know, funny, Jordan and Chad is saying, because that he and I were pretty big Battlefield fans, and we were looking forward to doing that, jumping between Battlefield and Halo just constantly. Um, but it's just not happening. And, and you're right, it's kind of funny when you think about Halo and all the debate right now with the Battle Pass and cosmetics, because you think... Yeah, I mean, it's true, right? That we already talked about. There's improvements to be made, but Jesus, the yeah. game itself is fundamentally amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah, the, minor, the, right? Fixing it, the entire it, Battlefield game is a different story. I don't know if you saw, but like Paul Tassi was tweeting out like uh, photos of people on Reddit complaining about Halo Infinite and the yeah. overreaction and the Halo subreddit is hilarious. Like, yeah, it's one guy said, uh, this is an industry low. And I was just like, wow. Like, if, you, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you think it's an industry no, that was low, Legends. You, you have not played very many video games because this, this is, is the only close. one. Like, yeah. We're talking about, yeah, this must be the only game you've played if you think this is an industry <laughs> low. Like, it's it's just cosmetics. Like, you can actually not care at all about the progression system and just play to have fun. And that would be... Yeah. The, the game would be with according to you like flawless it's like th- do you guys not remember like battlefront 2 like that was pay yeah. to win like model like you like yeah. they changed it before the game launched I, i'll give them credit for that but like the initial sort of like on arrival reaction was like oh yeah you have to pay to unlock characters that make you better at the game like that's way worse than oh you, your progression system for purely cosmetic stuff is is hard to get or annoying or not very well done it's like it, oh my god man yeah I can't it's a even, mess the the, yeah. the discourse on it right now is just messy mean, like the same cosmetics that you can't actually see when you're playing yeah. the game when <laughs> when you're, you're yeah, they, <laughs> you see them when you get killed and your body flops around on the ground and you're like oh that's a really me, cool uh for me that would armor be set that i died yes. in yeah yeah Oh, check out my dead body yeah, now. That <laughs> well, that's probably most of what you see when you play Halo. Yeah. That's <laughs> why I don't most play. of your time at the kill cam. There's, yeah, it there's does one, not matter. There is one very funny thing in Halo, not to change the subject right now, when you die and you, you're, if your guy falls forward at a certain angle, he does like the worm, mm-hmm. like the whole time yeah, he goes like, that. and just keeps going forward across the map. I don't know what that's about, but it's hilarious. Uh, Jordan says, can we talk about Nerf Legends? We already did. You missed it. We did a nice Nerf Legends breakdown at the beginning of the we show. Did a Nerf Legends and Travis breakdown. has told people that anything you want to talk about with Nerf Legends, you just DM him. He is yeah. open to chat about that game, get into some multiplayer together. Yeah. Um, he's Long open. story short, 10 out of 10. Pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> masterpiece is what I heard. Uh, I heard the word masterpiece thrown please, around. Please don't help these people sell this game. Please. <laughs> I'm trying my best to not make that happen. All right. That's Battlefield. So let's uh, let's jump over to the Game Awards and Activision. And I, I 
don't know how much you guys want to touch on this because uh, it just happened to be a big topic that came up this week. So um, <clears throat> in short, if you kind of missed this, uh, Keely originally, uh, Dan's brother, originally mm-hmm. came out and said that uh, he really wasn't going to comment. There was going to be no kind of formal stand uh, on the Activision, you know, what's going on with Activision at the Game Awards. He received a ton of feedback near immediately, negative feedback near immediately, and critical reception to that kind of uh, comment. So he later kind of came back and clarified and said that outside of the nominations for games that are published by Activision, Activision is not part of the show. And that uh, obviously, you know, the allegations, the abuse, the types of things we've heard out of what's going on there in Activision have no place in the industry. So some people were okay with that. Some people still think they need to, he needs to make a kind of formal stand and, and, you know, speak about it more to use the platform basically that the video game awards that have to make a stand on this. Um, So. <laughs> Let's touch on that first before I get to the other Activision news that happened this week with Raven Software. But where are you guys at on this, man? I, I saw people like uh, Naomi Kyle, who you know used to be at IGN, I believe, and is kind mm-hmm. of a well-known uh, uh, person in the industry. She basically came out and said that if you know if she's one of a few, I think that came out and said that if uh, Keeley and the Game Awards are not going to take a stand and make a comment about this, they're canceling their attendance to the show. Um, which was one side, and then you know, other people was like, ah, he he said they're not involved, so everything's okay now. But the, I think the point that many people were trying to make is look, you have Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo, the heads of all three companies, um, coming out and making a statement and a stand against Activision. Why would the video game awards and Jeff Keighley not do the same? Um, and so I pose that question to you guys. Uh, I, I, I. I think he's wrong about saying that Activision is not involved in the game awards. Like Bobby Kotick is on the advisory board for the show. His and so is another, so, uh, and so is another pic- president in Activision. His picture, yeah. his picture is still at the web on the website. Like right now, mm-hmm. I just went to it live while we were talking. Like it's his photos there. So I feel like big smile. Yeah, it's like that's the that's the dude. That's the guy we've all been talking about of, of being a big old bag of dirt. I. I I feel like that should be something he talks about. Like, like, what is the role there? Like, are you reconsidering it? Like, you can't just say, oh, you know, aside from the Game Awards, they're not involved. It's like, his photos on your website. Like, tell us about that. Like, are you going to talk about that? And I, I think it's really just, there were so many comments online about his stance uh, supporting Kojima, his his personal friend, when Konami wouldn't let him come to the award show and accept the award. Yeah. Yeah, and and I that that was like a big stance he took that I thought was pretty controversial. He's basically like talking down at one of the major uh, developers in the in the space, and uh, and and here where there's that massive uh, Activision snafu that's going on, he he seems to not really care too much because, and and maybe that's because of Activision's involvement in the Game Awards show. It's just. It's going to come down to money at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, I, it just, it's weird to say that, that, that Activision isn't involved or that like, you know, you're not buddies with Bobby Kodak or like state, state what your kind of um, biases are before you, you take an an opinion on this or before you make a statement. I feel like that's just sort of, maybe maybe that's just because I work at IGN where you have to say like, (laughs) here's my Mm -hmm. relationship with this person before I review their game. Right, you have to disclose things. I feel like I feel like uh, 
that should be part of the conversation. But yeah, man, it's it's I try to stay out of the politics stuff of, of all of this, but it, it's really not a good look in general. And I was just kind of like cringing over this whole interaction on, on Twitter and for from his first statement to also his like revised statement to just all of it was just not not a good look for me. So, yeah, uh, I think. um yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, you know, I had some side conversations on this and it just it it just his hands are probably tied to some degree, which is his own doing, make no mistake. Um, but you know, when Konami is not involved with the game awards, it's much easier to come out and make a stern statement against them. Yeah. Whereas literally, you know, Activision is probably funding to some mm-hmm. degree the game awards and sit on his advisory panel. Um, so it's it's be like, you know. It'd be like if the developers of uh, Nerf Legends were my roommate. You know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so like, I just I, I, it's it's gonna be hard to flame their game if I got to share a bathroom with them. You know? So, well, and then just, you know, it's it, you get in, you start to get into the realm, and I'm certainly no lawyer or law expert here, but I have to imagine that um, even if he were to say personally that he was going to come out and make a stand Activision be damned. Right. And if he loses their sponsorship or loses their funding, he's ready to deal with that. Even if he was mentally thinking that there has to be potential for some contractual problems, there, some legal problems. Um, I, I just have to imagine it's not as simple as him just wanting to come out and, and make and a just stand. disclose but. it. You could be like, Hey, I, I'm not going to make a comment on this. They're a sponsor of the event or they're on the advisory board and we have a relationship mm-hmm. with them and just like state your conflict of interest and then say why you can't take a stand at this moment. You know what I mean? Like if you had said that, I feel like people would have been like, all right, well, what are you going to do? Like Activision sponsor the show or what, whatever the situation is, but just yeah. being like, Oh Yeah we stand in solidarity and totally don't agree with that. Also the dudes on our website like that. It's just such a bad look. Just, yeah, just, he's, just say, he's, tra- say what you're he's trying to is. walk a line. And with things like this, you can't walk that line. You, you, you've yeah. got to make a decision. So, yeah, I think I, I, I agree with you guys. I, I think that his hands are pretty much uh, handcuffed. You know, they're more than tied um, by all accounts that I've heard from other people. You know, Jeff is a good guy and, I am he probably behind the scenes is like disgusted at what's going on at Activision. I would hope that is his stance of any reasonable person. But then from the business side, he's like, I literally might not be able to have this show if Activision doesn't fit some of the bill. Um, I'm not sure. But is it really that hard to just make like a generalized statement in front of the millions of viewers about, hey, the Game Awards does not. Uh, condone any sort of you know sexual workplace or like even if you don't say the word activision you can say like we've seen around the industry because it's not just activision like ubisoft had it so is it really that hard to just come out and make like a a segment in the show about it and everyone will know who it's aimed at you could get around the legal thing by not naming activision maybe it would go a long way. Maybe it wouldn't. Maybe people want the, like we're going for them on with the, with pitchforks, name them and and let's go after them. But I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a tough situation in my opinion. That's a good point. There is my impression of what Jeff Kelly should have done. Hey, Phil. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, can you guys uh, float the Activision money? I know you got to stop here real quick and just give us, okay, cool. Great. All right. Done. 
What's that? What's that? That was it. That was it. What's that? Forza yeah. Horizon yeah. 5? Phil? Yes. Phil, you there? <laughs> you know what's that, funny? Yeah. $30 look, million? Look, look, yeah. look what Beast just posted. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah. I just Sony, <laughs> Nintendo, and Xbox and just say, hey, you got to split their, their, their deal, and then I'll just kick these guys out, you know, get them the hell out of here until they change their ways. And that's all I got. I, 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 mean, I, I in my in my head, I hope that call happened, and then uh, Phil just said, too. "Phil just Phil just said, Forza Horizon 5. jeez. <laughs> 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 right. oh, uh, yeah, I anyway, mean, that, just, for all we know, those calls could have happened, but again, yeah. contracts don't end on demand, right? Sure. So, yeah, yeah, who, sure. it's going to be yeah. interesting to see. I think it'll be interesting to see next year if we're in the same place, right? If, if Activision still sits on this panel or the specific people. Again, I think someone in comments, it's hard to say Activision because you're talking about thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of employees and, and most of them are probably right. very good people who are being, you know, dragged through the mud because of their CEO and probably some other, you know, terrible executives like we talked about last week. So well, to Kevin's point, though, I mean, you could make like a sizzle reel of like industry leaders that are condemning this kind of action without yeah. saying sure. that, you know, and that would be humongous. You've got three of them that have already said something. You get them on camera, you get other studio heads, you know, and, uh, from around the industry, you get, you know, people that, you know, will make a difference and just, you know, it's time to, for this stuff to stop is now, you know, and, and re, you know, and they'll know where it's coming from. And maybe next year they have to, you know, put in a little extra money because, you know, Bye bye, Bobby. Or they, or they can know? just not look Sting for the Game Awards. <laughs> well, that, that's what yeah. that's yeah. Floyd just said. Just get rid of Activision and go. cancel one of the music performances. Wait, Sting's gonna be yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, dude. I, I, I hate, dude. That's like that's like the time to see what's on Twitter, part of the show for for I think everyone who's watching that show. It's like right, Sting's no. playing. Cool. Let me see what's up on Twitter. But, but, they could have got somebody slightly more relevant. <laughs> I mean, hell, put Keanu Reeves' band if they're still together on there. He's gonna be there. Keanu Reeves, they, uh, yeah, there, there was there was one year where they played like the the Doom soundtrack. They had the people that made the music there. Mm-hmm. Come. Yes. I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, right. like other than that, like, if they're not doing game music, like get out of my show. I don't want you here. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, maybe, I, maybe if maybe if they got Usher because he was on the Microsoft stage uh, doing the. Uh, the is he gonna sing every breath you take? That. Because that would be awesome. <laughs> Let's just go full four. Gosh. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, we back on back on the topic, but a few years ago, like we had what Reggie and Phil and um, oh, what was the Sony president at that point? But Who they were all on Sean, Sean Layden. Yeah, Sean Layden. They were all on stage together, and everyone like thinks about that moment as like a big game award moment. So what if we get Doug Bowser, Phil Spencer, and Jim Ryan on stage? And they just literally make a statement about like they've already done it. They've already released these statements, but now you have them all standing together and condoning uh, sexual harassment in in the industry. Like you have, you have the three big ones uh, already. So like they already are up for it. Why not just get them in front? Jeff, if you don't want to do it, they can do it. Yeah. Probably because Bobby Kotick will be in the front row. (laughs) <laughs> I can look right at him dead in the eye. <laughs> and, and, and to be honest, I don't know if you want to send a positive, you know, heartwarming message if you have Jim Ryan out in front. 
it'd mm. just be awkward as all can be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like, actually, you know, it's, it's, video kind of, it's kind of interesting. What are video games? <laughs> yeah. now, now, that, now that you mention it, Kevin, Phil is really the last one standing, huh? Because the last time they were all on stage, now now the uh, other two heads yeah. are, are switched. Yeah, and Doug Bowser is really personable. Um, Jim yeah. Ryan just doesn't come off that way, man. <laughs> He's not Sean Layton. He, re that he reminds me of the guy who was apologizing for the BP oil spill. You guys remember that guy? We're sorry. That's who, yeah, I remember that's who he reminds me. He reminds, yeah, he reminds me of that guy. Every time I see him, I'm like, I feel like I feel like this guy messed up some seagulls. I don't know. I don't have any evidence. I just feel like he did something to seagulls, and it makes me upset. Uh, the only oh thing God. I think about with Doug Bowser is uh, his introduction video. When I think in the background, he had Mario and Luigi like a uh, GameCube cord wrapped around them, like because he's yeah. Bowser. And I was like, that's, Bowser, that's on yeah. brand right there. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, we'll 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 see what comes in the future. I just wanted to bring it up since it was a big topic. Um, but Activision, you know, been in the headlines a lot recently for obvious reasons we've discussed. Uh, some some other news just to mention that came out this week. Uh, and Washington Post, Game Informer, I know IGN, a bunch of the the uh, bigger outlets picked this up. But basically, uh, so Raven Software, uh, who is very, you know, intimate with Call of Duty development, right? They've done a lot of the multiplayer stuff in recent years. Um, and, and Travis, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because, you know, you, you have uh, a little closer insight to the gaming industry typically, is that uh, they were, they're QA testers who obviously probably were working on uh, Vanguard, right, and helping with Call of Duty as they always do. Um, <clears throat> apparently they were getting ready to ramp into 2022 with, uh, kind of improved roles, pay all this stuff, right? This promise to these contractors and what we see. And, and let me be very clear. This is not ex exclusive to Raven in the gaming industry. It's not exclusive to the gaming industry. This happens all the time. Uh, yeah. but what we saw is that uh, up to a third of their department has been let go after being told they were going to get kind of better roles in 2022. They've now been let go um, because Activision Blizzard has ended its staffing partnership with company Tapfin. Uh, instead, they're going with a new third-party company for staffing and contractors. Um, and it's expected over this week, these coming few days, that uh, the majority or more of the existing team will be let go as well. So this is just uh, another kind of black eye, right? And this is the type of thing yeah. that I think, not again, not just the gaming industry, not just Activision, but that happens far too often in a lot of tech industries in general is really kind of the uh, overuse and the, for lack of a better word, abuse of contracted employees. Um, and it's just, it's a shame, man. I feel for these people because imagine if you're sitting in a role right now and you're not making fantastic money to begin with, but you're sitting in a role, hoping it's about to improve. You're going into the holiday season and suddenly you're just fired and have no recourse. Um, and that's just, it's just not a good place to be, man. And I, I'm yeah. tired of seeing these stories, these companies, you know, they pointed out that Raven was also contributes on Warzone. And someone pointed out that Warzone, just Warzone, not Call of Duty, Warzone made $1.93 billion last year for Activision. Um, so it's just yet another example. B. B. So it's just another example of this, uh, you know, gap between what's going on financially for these companies and how they're treating their low-level employees. Yeah. Well, not employees, contractors. Contractors, uh, exactly. Yeah. But but yeah, that's sort of that's sort of the degree of separation. I think um, 
you know, there's two, there's two things that could have happened here. One, it could have been genuine. Hey, we're, we have every intention of hiring you guys full time and giving you guys pay raises and all that stuff. And then some other division just going, Oh, well, we don't like that staffing agency. So it's changing. Hiring those people is not going to happen. Like it, it could have been something like that where yes. it was all in good faith. And just they're, they're such a large uh, corporation that sometimes stuff like that happens. And, and the human part of the decision-making is sort of like broken down by the bloat of the organization that happens all the time. It's happened to me. Like my, one of my jobs, yeah. I worked for a l- really large corporation and it was all like, Oh, you know, you're, we're going to promote you. We're going to do stuff like that. And then we ended up acquiring another company and then that didn't happen. And it was just like that, sure. you know, my boss was just like, what am I going to do? <laughs> like, I, I'm just one guy in this, in this massive corporation. It could have been something like that. It could have also been sometimes people string along contractors to to yes. keep them happy and working for the company for as long as possible and basically trying to trying to squeeze the last uh the last bit of juice from the prune before they you know toss it in the bin and i think uh that's that's sort of to assume that that's what's happening is kind of assuming the worst of activision which is super easy to do today um but sure. i don't know if we'll know until there's until there's sort of like bigger reports there but either way it's a super shitty thing to do to people and a terrible thing to have happen to you and hopefully these people can find jobs because it sounds like they worked on a game that was very successful made a lot of money and they're probably very talented people um but yeah i i think obviously it's it's really easy to kind of jump and and blame activision and that sort of stuff and it very well might be uh their their fault and something that they should have kept a better eye on but um you know i, I don't think there's as clear a a villain or like a, a bad faith Agreed. action in this one just mm-hmm. because just because organizations especially ones of those size like stuff like this happens all the time yeah. and it's always like damn maybe maybe there shouldn't be uh Maybe there shouldn't be organizations that are that large and unwieldy. <laughs> uh, keeping an organization lean as you grow is hard. So, how long yeah. have they been there? I don't know like if that was developers? in the report. Yeah, yeah I'm know. sure. I'm sure it's mixed. And contractors yeah. mm-hmm. usually contractors are signed on for go figure an initial a specific project. Right? Yeah, yeah, a specific it's project or length of time. But what happens often is that those get kind of extensions or they mm-hmm. get told that they're going to be made uh, a full-time employee of the company and instead yeah. they get they get extensions and they, to to Travis's point they kind of string them along um, and yeah. use them as much as possible for as cheaply <laughs> as possible because the reason contractors are used typically is that you don't have to treat them like FTEs full-time employees which then you don't have to provide them benefits Mm-hmm. So yeah. you save a lot of money on the back end for health insurance and stock mm-hmm. options and well, yeah. 401ks and all this stuff. So. That happens yeah, in construction they, uh, all the time. Happen, oh, I said every, it, yeah. it happens, it happens, it happens everywhere. And actually, yeah, I've I mean. I've had I've had a contract because some contracted employees work for me, and it's always like you know you want to make them full time employees, but sometimes the people like in my case the people above me were like, well, we don't have the budget to have full time employees, mm-hmm. so you need to have you need to make a really effective use of your contractors and and make make that model work for you, um, and and that's like a, a tough thing to do, but sometimes it's like the only model for certain parts of your business. It's just Activision's probably just being greedy. I mean, they make billions. I wasn't making billions mm-hmm. when I had contract employees, <laughs> but it's definitely true. I will say. The, the definition of what a contractor is supposed to be is abused a lot. And I yes. my company abused it when I had contractor employees because they're supposed to work on a specific project. But what we would do is every month, we would just say, the project is doing your job for this month. That, that's your mm-hmm. project. And then the next month, we would rehire them on a new project, but the project was 
keep doing the same job you're doing this yep. month. And like, then that continued for like three or four years where we were just like renewing the same contracted project over and over again. And at a certain point you have to kind of look at that and go, are they really a contractor? Did you hire them for a project or are they just straight up an employee, but you're just not calling them a full-time employee. Yes. And California mm -hmm. has actually tried to crack down on that more to make, make it harder for you to like, use contractors and kind of abuse the system that way but it's really um it it gets so murky especially with like gig culture and uber drivers are they full-time employees yes. or are they just people driving cars it, it, it's really a complicated um uh, kind of thing to think about so uh yeah it, it definitely a bigger problem than gaming i would say like this mm -hmm. is just like a problem in general yeah. of that relationship yeah. between employees mm -hmm. and, it, and it even gets worse we don't have to keep going on it, but I mean, it, it, to your point about murky, it just gets worse and worse because it even gets worse when you start talking about uh, people who aren't citizens as well. So we know, uh, yeah. you know, you hire a lot of people from other countries. India is a big one, right? Or Canada. And they they are on a work visa. And then there are certain things if they're an employee that you have to do legally with uh, the U.S. and which costs a lot of money, right? Because you have to go through yeah. lawyers. And it, it's just it's it's very, very messy. The long and the short of it is in some cases contractors are used to simply keep uh financial costs down uh, and they string yeah. them along and get treated poorly which is at least it seems what happened here uh, mm -hmm. but it's not unique by any sense yeah absolutely this is this is not a game industry specific issue it's something that needs to be looked at and honestly i think that if activision didn't have so much heat on it right now that this probably wouldn't be blowing up as much as as yeah, we've seen it true um and then you add in the fact that they've mismanaged a lot of their studios recently uh vicarious visions being one um that i am very angry about the treatment over <laughs> there uh being a, a local studio for me here in 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 new york but it's it's just a it's just them mismanaging well i don't even know if it's mismanaging like you said this could be a, an honest mistake on, on their part best intentions but the fact that they have all this heat on them it's it's going to look bad no matter what yeah great well mm. is what it is so all i'll say is you know for those people that were at raven or raven software in general depending on what ha <clears throat> what happens here um you know obviously wish them the best as always and hope that uh someone else picks them up the good news as we've talked about before at least seemingly good news is that with the industry itself growing so rapidly um you know there's a lot of companies out there hiring talented people so i hope they land on their feet somewhere and somewhere better so all right <clears throat> last thing i was going to touch on is uh and we kind of touched on it throughout the show a little bit is around halo infinite and you know some of the ridiculous feedback that 343 has been getting on the multiplayer side we've got campaign coming out in a few days so we'll see what that uh you know um a lot of coverage of that starting very very soon <laughs> um <laughs> but um <clears throat> Uh, in terms of multiplayer, uh, they came out yesterday and just clarified that uh, they're going to be adding playlists before the holiday season. So very soon, next week or two. Uh, specifically, they're going to be adding Fiesta, Free For All, and SWAT, which is really cool before Christmas. And of course, they're looking <laughs> at, uh, you know, just a straight Slayer playlist, which is um, obviously high. A Slay list, if you will. A slay <laughs> Jesus. Slay list, uh, on, um, which is high on a lot of people's uh, lists. For lack of a better word, I think um, it shouldn't be personally. Uh, well, I, we'll get to that. I, th I think um, an all Slayer playlist is such a mistake. Like, that, 
because people won't play the objective modes and they should be forced to because objective modes are super fun and just killing people is too basic sometimes maybe every once in a while but come on there's got to be an objective i like this guy yeah the objective is to kill people okay and people are so boring though it's like of course every i just want to slay i just want to kill it's like okay well like, could you do two things at the same time, or is that too much for you to process? I just, I, I think the 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 objective modes in Halo are what make it unique and cool. And people are like, oh, I want to suck all the fun out of it and play the most dull mode that there is, just the straightforward killing. It's so so annoying to me. And now you know the objective playlists are going to start to wither because like nobody's. I don't want to play oddball. It's like okay, bro. The only thing I'll say is that I hope that them going to the slay list means that the objective playlist actually has people who know how to play objective that's who my want one to hope play. is that yeah, me yeah who want to play it and know how to do it that's my one hope but if you play on the slayer playlist like you're just i bet you like plain toast i bet you that's your favorite <laughs> your favorite meal i bet you i bet yeah it's like get out of here with that. anyway so <laughs> The other comment I was going to add before this semi-rant from Travis is that they're also making more updates to the Battle Pass at the same time. So we're going to see more updates to the Battle Pass and new playlist prior to the holidays. Uh, I do tend to agree with Travis. We, I was, we were playing last night, and it is, it's very frustrating. There's two things that are compounding uh, frustration with some randoms online right now. Is One, people just going for challenges because we talked previously around, you know, they have like Kevin trying to get his uh, pulse carbine kills. Right. Meanwhile, I'm holding the oddball and getting shot in the face while he's peppering them with pulse carbine for some odd reason. Um, <laughs> and then uh, also the fact, like you said, is that, you know, we get, get into an oddball match and suddenly half your team quits because they don't want to play oddball. Yep. And it's like, come on guys. Like it, you you're still shooting people. That's the only thing I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I get people wanting Slayer. I get it. And I have friends I play with who want Slayer and I'll play it occasionally, but it's just like, it's, is it that bad to play an objective playlist? I don't understand it. So, um, <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, Jordan says, Travis strikes me as an avocado toast with shaved truffles kind of guy. Mm, sounds <laughs> oh, delicious. I'm, I'm from California. What can I say? The avocado <laughs> is a delicious fruit. <laughs> um so anyway um you know all i would say to this and this is a very very obvious statement that i'm sure anyone here watching the show kind of echoes is that for god's sakes uh feedback is fine right give feedback three four threes taking all of this feedback in fact i'll continue to argue that if you look across the industry and what's happening with games from big publishers and developers 343 is one of the most transparent companies out there i mean they're talking constantly about the changes they're making, what's coming. They have live streams. I mean, they're always communicating with their fans. There is mm -hmm. literally zero reason. There's less than zero reason to go crazy attacking 343 employees over cosmetics or playlists. I mean, are we? Are you kidding me? How entitled can you possibly be? It's, yes. It's, it's baffling. On a free game? Very on a, on a free-to-play shooter. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's like it's this rough. is something new to the industry. It's not. <laughs> That's what I said. This is obvious, yeah. but still, it happens like all the time in like Fortnite and all those other garbage games. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 I, I, what is Fiesta? It sounds awesome. Gun game. Like, Fiesta is amazing. where you spawn with two random weapons every time you die. Completely. I random. really hope. So I, mm -hmm. I have some feedback on the Fiesta match, which is that they should add objective to the Fiesta match because Fiesta <laughs> CTF, 
Fiesta capture the flag is one of the best experiences you'll ever you'll ever have. Like it's so it's so silly and over the top. Um, I also want BTB Fiesta like they had in Halo Five. Oh which is yeah, a blast. yeah, that'd be great. Mm, yeah, there's yeah, there's a fun. lot of stuff. I feel I feel like they could streamline a little uh, a couple like if they do free for all as a playlist, they should just shove every possible mode into free for all that can exist there, including Juggernaut, which we've not seen yet, but that needs to be. Mm. Uh, one of the modes because that juggernaut is like come on who doesn't like juggernaut it really only works in free-for-all but it's such a good mode uh, mm -hmm. it is a good mode there's a lot of good modes I, I think the the one thing that kind of not concerned me i'll say but uh did kind of add some confusion to me when they talked about this when sketch kind of gave his spiel on reddit that he posted so the community director for uh for 343 is he's he talked about how the way the game is built and structured with the UI um, and particularly the systems that lay on top of one another is that they're not as fluid and not as able to change playlists or implement playlists as quickly as people kind of want them to, mm -hmm. which is interesting to me because now you're starting to get into the space where my career is based in, right, in application development. And what that tells me, some of the wording he used about knock-on effects and stuff, tells me that they have underlying systems at play in the slip space engine that um, are going to require extra teamwork and extra basically just extra work overall from multiple teams to implement what from the outside look to be small changes and that yeah. is a little that is a little concerning um because i, I actually so i i i agree you, that you know you've interrupted me like 15 times <laughs> <laughs> because all I was going to say is that what it, what it means is that um, if, if you're thinking like, okay, next week uh, the players get to vote on a, a fresh playlist, right? And then the following week they'll get it active. That doesn't seem to be able to come to fruition because the, the time they need to make things active is just longer. So they have to plan further in advance. And you would think with a new engine with a year delay, they wouldn't be in that same place, but it feels like that's where they are. Mm -hmm. Travis. <laughs> I was just going to say like, uh, there's, I, 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 this is a recurring thing where when it comes to playlists, games seem to blame their UI or the engine or something about the playlist. And I kind of don't believe them. I kind of think that the reason they're not adding playlists is because they're splitting the player base and creating a ton of different playlists means that all of the matchmaking times increase and that the amount of like servers you have to have running and all that stuff. I think there's like other technical expensive reasons and also like your player base not being able to support all the playlists. I think that is more why people, why this is such a, a, a drain on people's resources. Because dude, they, they have this conversation in Destiny all the time and I straight up do not believe the answers they give. They're like, oh no, it's like so resource intensive and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, I, I don't think that's it. I think you just don't want... 18 different playlists for multiplayer because that that makes it the wait times are longer and all these other mm -hmm. problems so a lot of I, networking I kind of, issues yeah yeah i kind of feel like it's that i feel like i feel like that's why they don't want to just add a ton of playlists and i do not blame them i feel like they should just make a few core really good playlists which the ones they have could use some work but i i kind of don't i don't believe it every time i hear that it's like just a ui or like a programming issue or i i I just can't, I can't get myself there to like believing that that's the actual reason. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a very reasonable explanation. And I think 
this being in in beta i use that uh, to, with quotes because you know it's, it's kind of the, the full multiplayer release even though they say it isn't but maybe they want to see like okay what is our go- what's going to be our consistent player base before we start divvying up the playlist because if they don't have enough players to divvy it up it doesn't make sense to do it and i'm not like halo right now is the hot new thing in six months will the player base be strong enough to support a slayer a ctf uh you know, if we start dividing them all up into those multiple playlists, we could see those wait times. And I don't want that. Like maybe a Slayer, maybe an objective, but we know they have other playlists coming. Like if you look in the achievements, there's a revive three players in elimination, elimination. Yeah. or whatever. So like if they put an achievement in there, they probably have an elimination playlist like ready to go for some sort of event coming up. Yeah. Right. So like they it's literally in the trailer. Stuff. Yeah. Like it's it in is. the multiplayer trailer. You can see the mode. And I've seen people post like um, an infection picture, like uh, so that's clearly in the in the code somewhere. So they've planned all this stuff, and now I think that they're getting the feedback, and it's like, hey, people want this and this. Well, we weren't prepared for that. We have to try to like go custom make this stuff because we made all this other stuff now. And how will us changing that impact those playlists? And it's it's a whole thing. I, what I will say is that. I've criticized them uh, or not. I've given feedback. I, I haven't been too harsh on that. I think I've given fair criticism, but then every week they address it. They, they're on the, the subreddit and they're very vocal on the subreddit. Yeah. I read like a five page essay from the community <laughs> from uh, sketch from yeah. a lot of, from a lot of the devs responding to people being like, you can feel this way. You can, we're not lying to you. Like nobody's trying to force you into microtransactions. So, they are very receptive and they keep making improvements. Like we saw the XP game uh, improve just this week. And I think that's a huge quality of life thing. Like now, if you only play six matches a day, you're going to finish the battle pass by May. You you just will. Like there's 140 something days left until the end of the season. And you can get a level just by doing six matches. And and that's, that's if you somehow manage to not complete any weekly bounties while doing exactly. Uh, or, yeah. or double XP or yeah, anything. Yeah, else. yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. yeah I'm so, a level 84. Woo. So I'm literally going to finish the battle pass probably by next week. I'm I like wish 21. I was there, man. <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. No, I'm like level 50. And that's like, I've had almost no time to actually play Halo. Like next week, I'm taking a religious holiday for the campaign launch. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't, that's I didn't what it says on my calendar for work. It says religious holiday. Sorry, guys. Gotta go. <laughs> I didn't play for a week because I was on vacation. So like that definitely impacted my progression. But like since I made made the change, I've flown up. Like it really has made a difference in progression. So like I have no concerns, even when I'm going to jump into the campaign and probably only focus on that for a while. I still think I'm going to just complete the battle pass well ahead of me. Yeah. Yeah. I will not. Yeah, I, I will not say, be you're putting not playing any, it. You're not playing. No, but you get campaign in two days, my friend. <laughs> Let's do it, man. I, mean, I don't even know what the two hell days, it is. I've, I've, I've ignored everything about it. So I'm, I'm trying to go in completely blind and be blown away um, by whatever it ends up being. So Do, do we know <clears throat> the launch time of the campaign? Is it one of those like Tuesday, Tuesday night at Tuesday night, 9 p.m.? 9 p.m. Yeah. Great. That is that makes me much it's like global better. launch then, right? Yeah, and that means yes. I have I have like uh, 12, 13 hours to play the Destiny content that comes out on Tuesday. So I'm going to be back to back, back to back Bungie uh, uh, re- releases basically. Uh, 
crazy. So you're going to go from mediocre to great. I love it. <laughs> I would not call <laughs> Destiny's content mediocre. I would call a lot of the stuff around Destiny mediocre. But fair. The content That's itself, fair. The content That's itself fair. is very good. It's just... Yeah. Yeah, then then you're left playing the same strike for 40 times and you're like, I yeah. hate my life. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Content is well. Well, uh, yeah, I know um I, I'm I'm interested to see. I think if they get some extra playlists out and you know continue to just revise the battle pass for people still complaining about it, uh, you know, here in the next week or two and campaign launches, it's gonna be a nice uh, you know, a nice nice launch for them, official launch, I, I if mean, you will. I'm extremely impressed by their by the rate at which they've given feedback and all that stuff. I love that they're communicating. But mm -hmm. if I could, it, three for three, if you're listening, I don't know if you watch this show, but big big fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a request that you please do not listen to the fans too much because they ruin everything and they're really bad at knowing what they want. Like a Slayer playlist. I don't think you really had to do that. So I just want I just want to caution you a little bit. I love that you're communicating. I love that you're doing stuff, but maybe don't always listen to the fan base because they kind of suck yeah. sometimes. That's all I <laughs> yeah, don't let the fan base dictate the direction of please, the game. Please yeah. don't let them because they, they just... Did you see what they did to Star Wars? Look they've ruined a lot of games. Boy. Yeah. Look what they've done. Yeah. I just please. Half By the way, them, uh I was okay. saying half of them don't know you have to capture the flag and capture the flag. So yeah, these are not really the guys should. you need to be listening to. The GEDs <laughs> that they all have. You don't need to these these homeschooled players that you're you're taking advice from. Jeez. Uh, Jeez, man. Yeah. Dan, Elu says, I noticed you're wearing a shirt with your face on it. A bit conceited, I feel. <laughs> Dan's greatest hits. You guys see that right. uh, Easter egg? Uh, the, Cra Craig, the Craig uh, concert uh, mm -hmm. hall that's in the, the Halo campaign. You guys see that? Mm -hmm. I, I Sure. I haven't seen anything. <laughs> because I've yeah. like yeah. been trying to oh. ignore spoilers. You know, it's not a spoiler. It's an Easter egg. It's like out of the, you can They're find different. like a, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Ains never seen anything. Nope. You didn't see never it. Seen, never even heard of Halo. I don't know what you guys are talking about. No. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> no, I'm excited. Um. You know, I there's a lot of excitement in the air for this week, and um, I'm just you know, as a Halo stand and diehard, I am kind of overly excited for this week and for everyone to jump in, and uh, it's gonna be a good time. So Tuesday. Uh, yeah. Tuesday night. So uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and close out, and I'll just uh, segue into saying that stay tuned because we are going to do another big Halo roundtable before the holidays, which is going to be a spoiler cast uh, of the campaign once everyone has a chance to go through it. So probably not next week, but the week after. So stay tuned for that. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we also are doing a written review of uh, – I'm doing the written review of – uh, Halo for the site and we're going to have a video review as well so look for those I am not even allowed to say when so are you, stay are tuned you to, are you allowed to tell us if you're doing separate scores for multiplayer and campaign uh, no I am scoring the game in classic Halo fashion which is as a package yeah that's what I decided to do I now regret that decision so, <laughs> but I, uh, yeah. I'm where I am. Yeah. So we'll see how we're, the rest of the day goes. 
We're giving it two scores because they're separate products that you can buy or not buy in Halo Infinite multiplayer's case. So I'm That's interested. Fair. I don't know. How do they handle that on Metacritic? Does anybody know that? Is it two separate listings? Because it's got to be one sep- one listing. I on haven't Metacritic, looked. Right? I haven't looked. I haven't looked. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Anyway, you know, it's no a good point. Did. I don't know. Um, yeah, I did see that you guys gave uh, the multiplayer nine. Um, so, yeah, I don't know where I'd stand on that, honestly. I, I, I took the stance of kind of looking at Halo Infinite as um, as all the prior mainline Halo games, which is a, a package, right? It's always been a package where you get campaign and multiplayer, and I'm, I'm trying to take that viewpoint of it. So think it as you will. Um, you know, scores at the end of the day are, are the lesser anyway. I hope people actually read the content because that's what's more important. So, um, Well, if it's not a 10, we riot. So, <laughs> uh, leave season gaming alone, please. We're we're fine. We don't need rioters or pitchforks. Um, we uh, <clears throat> we are also doing a review of Chorus. So, Chorus is a uh, game that's coming out Xbox exclusive here. That's out actually. Uh, I think it launched a couple days ago. And uh, mm-hmm. Luke uh, over at Xbox Expansion Pass is doing our guest review for that one. He's been playing it, What's it uh, all. Chorus. It's a space shooter. Oh, they oh, showed, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. They showed it last year, got delayed, and, and just came out. And uh, he's been playing it since last week and uh, has a lot of good things to say. So stay tuned for that review as well. And then uh, in the coming weeks on uh, Big Cast, we're going to have a kind of a unique show because, you know, news gets a little light over the holidays. Um, we're actually going to invite someone who is the host of two different Nintendo podcasts and who is a uh, kind of a Nintendo main, if you will. Uh, and really kind of involved in the Nintendo universe. And, you know, we've been pretty critical of Nintendo typically here. Um, but what we're going to do is have a show and just have a, a Nintendo show to talk about where Nintendo is in the industry, what they're doing with the Switch, their decision-making, direction, Nintendo Online, all those things, and kind of, you know, get his perspective uh, and maybe challenge him a little bit as well. Because, yeah, you know, we like I said, we've been critical. And then lastly, I mentioned last week that we were approaching 8,000 subscribers on the channel and a lot of people shared that out and uh, it helped us to kind of blow past that. So as we're recording this show right now, we passed 8,000. We're already past 8,100, I believe. Um, So thank you for sharing that out if you did. And uh, it's great to see the continued growth. So appreciate it. All right, Kevin, man, it's been been fun having you on, brother. So thank you. Thank you for coming out. Thanks for the conversation. Please let people know where they can find you and when they can listen to Project X Talk every week. Yeah, absolutely. Again, thanks for the invite. Had a great time, guys. Uh, Like I said, if I haven't scared you away, you can come check out Project X Talk. Um, You can just click the link. It's down below. So uh, I'd love if any of you enjoyed me enough to come drop a sub. We do a weekly Xbox podcast Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern time. You can follow us over on Twitter. Um, if we ever have to change the show time due to guests or, or this week, we'll be doing a live stream to the Game Awards. So that will be a different time. But you can stay up to date over there uh, at Project X Talk. My initial, my Twitter is at the Muffinmon. That's a one instead of an I and an O instead of an A. Um, but yeah, love the show, guys. Uh, thank you so much. And anyone that wants to hang out with me, come chat and we'll uh, we'll talk Xbox and any other games you want. So appreciate it, Kev. Travis. Yeah. Uh, hey, if you like hearing me talk on this show, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ty Guy Travis. If you don't like hearing me talk on the show, tell your enemies to follow me on Twitter. That'll show them. Um, you can also <laughs> find me. Uh, you can also find me on the last word every Thursday at uh, 4 p.m. PST, uh, where we talk about destiny. And you can find my articles, reviews, and previews on IGN.com. This week, I reviewed 
uh, Nerf Legends, which you can see uh, my review score two out of ten on IGN.com. If you really, really uh, want to see something uh, terrible happen to another person, you can watch me review that. Uh, and uh, you, I'm also doing a preview for an upcoming game called Blacktail uh, that will be doing the gameplay uh, reveal for that um, on IGN next week. Um, it's it's like an indie uh, fairy tale game. I, I don't know how much I can talk about it. Um, and then I'm also reviewing uh, a game after my uh, sabbatical next week to play Halo. Um, I'm reviewing a, a game where you fly around on dragons and, and chew people with fireballs. So that, that game looks cool. I, I haven't played it yet, but but I'll do that after Halo. So uh, lots of stuff down the pipeline. And uh, thanks as always. You know what else you should do? You should tell your friends about this website called Season Gaming. They do some good <laughs> stuff. Uh, they got some. They got some nice writers on that website. And uh, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but if you if you our viewers each tell two people to check out the website and they tell two people, together we can change the world. So uh, drop a it's like uh, on this video and and tell your friends to do the same. And uh, and hopefully we can we can grow this some bitch that's what i can say this pyramid scheme is coming together it's all coming together look at that (laughs) we got a uh we got an ultra late super chat here from mr cerebral paul our friend uh of the show who also works with the xbox accessibility program so paul dan wrong today he was He was. He said, he said, all, he, he said all indie games are bad, and that was... Uh, that is true. He did say that. Yeah. I did not say that. I said, <laughs> I don't you care. You did. He said, I, I don't said, care. I don't about care. It. Yeah, well, that doesn't mean they're bad. I just don't care. <laughs> Paul, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yep. All right. With that, Mr. Dan, Mr. Stan, Keeley, <laughs> we are out of here. That was Big Cast 182. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Oh, one other note. If you're listening to this on the audio side, sorry, I said this at the very end. Going to be uh, reformatting the audio version of this uh, because we've caught up with a lot of new audio listeners lately, and uh, I'd like to improve the quality there. So I'm actually going to reformat after the show is live. So when we publish the audio going forward, it'll be at a higher bit rate, higher quality. So I and hope also uh, auto tuned. <laughs> no, but we we should auto tune Dan because I feel like his terrible opinions would be so much more. They would be. I think so. I think <laughs> they kind of have like idea. a melody. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Oh boy! All right, we'll figure throw, that one out. Throw those but, ideas out in the ether and see what happens. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks as always to everyone who listens. We will catch you next week. Peace. Bye.